Welcome to the show. This is the Power Element Podcast, episode 14. I'm producer Paul. As always, thanks for joining us. All right, our in-studio special guest today was Ryan Lucas. Ryan is a journeyman lineman. Ryan also hosts a successful podcast called the Powerline Podcast. Ryan has found a unique way to share the industry through his uh, social media. Platforms like Instagram and TikTok have helped Ryan deliver his message. Super fun, super creative, uh, good stuff. Make sure you follow Ryan. I'll, I'll put his notes, uh, his details in the show notes. All right, Ryan and Roll get deep in this conversation. It's great. It's a lot to learn from it, a lot to take from it. Uh, they talk about social media, social media. They talk about leadership. They talk about principles. Uh, they talk. They're just passionate. Two passionate people. It's a great message. It's a great show. You're gonna enjoy it. Uh, we're gonna get to the show. Let me get through these promotional partners first. First up, Jelco. You can find them at Jelco Safety. Cat, I want to. I want to thank you as always. Uh, you've been with us since day one. I appreciate you, Cat. Thank you. Working athlete. Use promo code Power Element at checkout to save yourself twenty percent off. I just slammed a Superman before coming on air. Good stuff. Once again, power element to save yourself 20% off at checkout. Troy and Angie, alternating current line clothing. I think you guys, uh, Lyman owned co- company, um, some great swag. Go check them out. Thank you, Troy and Angie. Uh, some new promotional partners. Klein Tools, uh, famous for their hand tools. Also delivering some cutting edge stuff. Great stuff. Go check them out at Klein underscore tools. Uh, I want to shout out their wool, merino wool socks. I got them on right now. I love them. Super cozy, uh, super, uh, my feet are warm. Uh, Wool is kind of my jam as far as socks are concerned. Good stuff. All right, co-eyewear. I'm rocking the A-phase glasses polarized all day. Uh, You're safe on the job. ANSI Z87.1 rated glasses. Uh, Good stuff. You're going to leave them on. On the job, off the job, super stylish. You're going to look good. Cody, a co-eyewear. Thanks, brother. All right, Superior Glove. Uh, I'm sure you, you've heard of them. Great stuff. Leather gloves, uh, impact gloves. They got all the gloves you need. Check them out. Superior underscore glove. Once again, thank you guys. All right, the entire Sturgeon Electric California work for, workforce. As always, I want to thank you guys appreciate you without you this podcast would not be possible thank you 100 100 uh, happy holidays to everyone um, that's that's going to be it for us this year we're, we're packing it in uh, we're looking forward to next year we got some things lined up as far as guests uh, we're going to try some new things i promise you you're going to want to stick around so uh, please subscribe to this podcast share this podcast like it do what you got to do Get, get the message out there. So I appreciate you guys. All right, I'm done. I will see you guys next year. Thank you. Enjoy the show. The Power Element Podcast, episode 14, Ryan Lucas.
Well, here we go. What's up, man? How you doing today, man? Good. You ready? You looking good? We're back. We're back. It is the Christmas edition of the Power Element Podcast, episode 14. Can you believe it? Uh, no. I mean, we were confused on what episode number it is because <laughs> it feels less and it feels more, but uh, we good thing uh, we got technology to help us out. I thought it was 15, but man, 14 feels good too. Yeah. Can you believe it? We're wrapping up the year. I know it's not our, our, our year of uh, podcasting, but it's a calendar year, so that's, that's a mark. We made it through without uh, too much... Scabs, I guess, or scathing. <laughs> I think it's been a great year with yeah. you, man. I think this has been a, an enjoyable experience, you know, from the first episode that we did with uh, Mr. Pat Lab until now. I think it's been a it's been a good year. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the opportunity and um, I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know the industry sees value in it. And um, um, uh, our guests can uh, can back that up. So um, looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, but before we do, um, I want to bring something up. You were gone last week. You went to Sacramento. What you got? Man, I tell you what, it's been... Uh, it's been a lot of traveling for me for a, a while. Um, it just seems like I can't put my luggage away. You know, it's been one of those years that I just continue to travel. And when I want to put my luggage away, I'm, I'm reminded, oh, you're going to need that again. So what I've been leaving it out. What do you got? Um, the little four roller? Little, little four roller and little Samsonite. Little Samsonite? <laughs> a little backpack and I'm gone. Yeah, go. I, I try to, I try to, you know, it's not a drag bag like the old days, but it's definitely, it's definitely ready to go at, at, at any time. You got the TSA pre-check? I got the travel? TSA pre-check. I'm going, I'm going in, I'm coming out. That's yeah. the way to go, huh? Walking on, walking off. So what happened in sure. Woodland? What you got? Woodland, yeah, it was a good experience. Um, for all our listeners, we uh, opened up a brand new state-of-the-art CalNev JETC in the Northern California area. So Perfect. It was great. A lot of, a uh, lot of support. Um, it's been a long time coming for those guys out there. They've been having to travel, you know, from up North down to the Riverside, uh, JTC. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's good. It's, it's beautiful, man. I'm telling you what, I mean, state of the art simulators in there. Um, the grounds are uh, it's five acres of just, just awesomeness. Um, pole yard, um, the facility inside, it's like, it's completely, like I said, state of the art. It's, it's, it's awesome to see the, um, the actual partnership between IBEW, NECA, Western Line, to put forth an effort onto something so positive and to get it done. And, uh, so I'm looking forward to it. It was a ribbon cutting ceremony? Is that what it was? Yeah, it was a ribbon cutting, uh, grand opening, and it was kind of a unique experience because the, the instructors up there kind of gave our, our, all of our fellow trustee members a little, little curveball. They actually had a number six strung across to cut with some clines. Ooh. <laughs> so, did, you go, did you go single hand or two? I, goes, I went single handed. Oh, I still I got was, it. Uh, I, it was only number six. Come on. <laughs> no, but it was, it was a good, uh, it was, it was a good time. So, but thank you for asking. Uh, cool. Um, mm-hmm. you took a uh, superintendent, Mike Garcia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made a few statements I want to share with you. Oh, absolutely. Let's hear it. He said you were best dressed. <laughs> uh, you got some swag. You're always, you're always fitted. What, where's that? What's the story behind that? You dressing yourself? You got you got a stylist? You got an app or something? So a little little fact about Raul here is well, thank you for that, Mike Garcia, on my best dress. But I, all I had was a blazer on. Come on, I guess that's I guess that's best dress for a lot of us. For a lot of linemen. But a little a little fact about me is I used to sell suits back in the day. Believe it or not. What? Yeah. Side hustle? <laughs> no, like like first like first job at a, at a high school before I got into cable TV was I was selling suits. Interesting. Interesting, right? Yeah. So I still got that style. You got buddy. that touch. I got that touch. <laughs> uh, Mike Garcia also said uh, training has come a long way in twenty years. What do you think? It has. Um, you know, even since when I got in the trade, um, man, we had probably seven poles in a business district down in downtown Lake Elsinore, and um, I mean, the instruction was there. I think you know the 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 content is always there, but the facility just didn't didn't hold it hold up to par. You know what I mean? Sure. 
But nowadays, I mean, these guys have it all. And I think we'll get into that with our with our next guest is, is he is an instructor. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's it's I'm glad to see it. You know, I think our trade needs that that bump in, in our in our training and not just the school, like even our, our, own, our companies that we work for. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's a intricate system, intricate, intricate grid. So mm-hmm. uh, we might as well sophisticate the uh, the training and, and, and step it up, too. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Thank well, you. we'll get started. Like I said, it's the um, episode 14 of the Power Element podcast. And I'm really excited about our next guest. Um, I've been listening to this guy for quite some time. Um, he does a, a phenomenal job, and he's got this thing about him. And I don't know if you uh, remember our conversation with Roger Ettinger, but it's you know it's finding that that balance between being confident and cocky. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I think I think there's that that balance where you got to you always got to maintain, especially in our trade, because nobody wants to follow somebody who's not confident. Right. And when I listen to this man on his podcast, he does it in a way that's really, really, I don't know, really accepted in my opinion. I think you refer to it as a controlled confidence or controlled arrogance, which is, yeah. is kind of a, a good term that we can kind of coin. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation with him because I don't know him very well. So we're going to have a, a pretty good podcast. I'm pretty, pretty positive about that. And it's actually a Christmas present for all of our listeners. So Merry Christmas, guys. Um, this is uh, our Christmas edition. But before we get into our guest, I want to read something out of a book that I had to resurface back in 2018. It's uh, Max Out Your Life, um, Strategies for Becoming an Elite Performer by Ed Milet. And there's a, there's a, there's a, a section in here that I kind of go back to once in a while. It's developing your confidence. And I think our next guest does this really well. And I'll just read it. Self-confidence comes from keeping the promises you make yourself. Self-confidence is, in truth, self-trust. You do this by building a relationship with yourself where you know you can trust you. Confidence is not being cocky. It's not arrogance. It's not the opinion of others. Self-confidence is an internal game, not an external. It's what people think of you. Self-confidence is a reflection of how you feel about yourself, not how how others perceive you. Having self-confidence is the way you treat yourself. Serves as an instruction to others on how to treat you. So with that said, I, like I said, this guy, when I listen to his podcast, he's an entrepreneur of the Powerline podcast and the founder and host. Uh, he's a journeyman lineman, uh, he's a father and an instructor. So I want to welcome Ryan Lucas to the Power Lineman podcast. Welcome, buddy. Dang, dude. <laughs> that, is a, that is an honoring uh, introduction. Um, man, I think you, you nailed it. Uh, I appreciate those words. That's been my whole life is getting to know myself uh, in a way that I can be who I am and confidently be who I am mm-hmm. and be okay with that. So, and you're yeah. really humble when you do it, man. Nailed it. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. You're that's, very humble. And I think that's why I gravitated towards your podcast and wanted you, I mean, we've been trying to hook up for a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got so many emails out to this guy. It's not even funny. So man, thank you for coming out, man. Like I know you coming out from Texas and you know, I know you're a busy man with, with your, your business and your podcast and, and what you're doing down there at the, at the lazy Q. So thank you. How was your trip? Oh, it was amazing. Great trip. Yeah. Uh, week trip. You guys have gone above and beyond the place you put me up in. It's been a great, it's all, it's all I ever wanted when I started this, yeah. my own podcast was to go and do, do stuff like this mm-hmm. and have these experiences of being on shows like this too, because I got so much to say and I've always had so much to say about our trade mm-hmm. and just this 
voice and wanting to share it and nobody listening. <laughs> so it's, it's nice that somebody's yeah, listening now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I can tell you, man, you know, we're, I, I want to start from the beginning with you, sure. man. Cause you know, like I said, we, we've talked very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Paul's excited. I know all of our folks are excited about this podcast and I kind of want to know about you, sure. you know, and where you grew up sure. and you know, where this came up of you starting a business and, and you yeah. do it really well and, and you find time to balance that with your, your family. And mm-hmm. I think there's, a, I think there's a lot that our listeners, even myself can learn from. Sure. And I know I embarrassed you with a little bit of, you know, of, of talking about how, you, how I perceive you as being yeah. very confident and being very humble in the same way. And I know that I think that's what our trade needs. I think uh, as, as linemen and yeah. Some humility would be good. Enough, yes. Right? Yeah, yes. Sure. And then, but we ought to be confident because nobody yeah. wants to follow somebody who's not going to lead. Right. Yeah. So where does this come from, Ryan? Like, um, like well, tell us about straight up comes yeah. from my upbringing, my, yeah. my mother and father, um, encompass everything you just read there and so much more. So mm-hmm. straight away comes from how they raised me. Um, I come on, come from a small little town in British Columbia, Canada called Williams Lake. It's a forestry and mining town blue collar as it gets straight up blue collar, 10,000, maybe 15,000 direct people that live within the, in the city grew up playing hockey, ice hockey and riding dirt bikes in the summer. Myself, my brother, that's all we did played outside. Mom would kick us out in the morning and we'd be outside till well after dark. You know, we'd come back, we'd come back once for a sandwich and a couple of chocolate chip cookies and we were gone again on our dirt bikes. That's all oh, we yeah. did all summer long. So, an upbringing like that, I think really sets you up for a life in this trade, Yeah, you know, but that's where it all began. Were, were you close with town. your, with your family as far as your brothers? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Still, still you guys close with my brother. Still now. And yep. yeah. So I have some, I have two brothers and man, I tell you what, it's, it's always refreshing to hear, always talk to them. I mean, I, we don't see each other all the time. One of them I do, but one of them I don't. And I just visit him in Sacramento here Cool. and it was re- so refreshing to see him. You know, once you've been away from somebody that long that, well, for me it was, but I can, I know from growing up with them, I got a lot of values from my brothers, oh, like yeah. bouncing things off, for you sure. know, mistakes, things, wins, right? Cause we played a lot of sports too. Um, you said you played hockey. Yeah. Yeah. I saw everybody from Canada play hockey. Cause that's, <laughs> where, that's where Dude, no Rogers. It's frozen yeah. like nine and a half months a year. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you, you can walk outside at the end of March, beginning of May. Yeah. And you're still a frozen pond so, and, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So did, you didn't do professionally, obviously. You go to high I didn't, I, I made it to junior and then just mm-hmm. decided to pull shoot on that and quit. Um, mm-hmm. my brother did though. He played competitively. Oh, did he play in the central league down in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, then had a water skiing accident broke his ankle, smashed his ankle. So ended up working his way through that and starting a training facility in, um, that does three on three hockey and off ice training. So he coaches, coaches kids now in Williams, like back in our hometown. Right. Right. Yeah. So what's going on with your, uh, with your family then? So with your, with your folks, yep. so, um, are they originally from Canada? Yeah. Is that so, so, um, mom and dad, Dad started a, Mm -hmm. he started out as an electrician um, and soon realized, started his own company after that right away. Cause he's uh, similar to me. Like I, (laughs) I have a hard time working for people Uh, (laughs) and that's straight up just that it's, it's in the blood, like hundred percent in the blood. Why is that? Is it, I don't don't restrict it or I just want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And I hate when people tell me I have to do something if I don't agree with it, yeah. you know, to my core fundamentally, like I just, I struggle. I do it. I do it respectfully. I'll get the job done. 
you know, whatever it takes. But I don't like being tied to that. I, I, I struggle with that. And my father always did too, straight Mm -hmm. away. Couldn't hold down a job with a company, starts his own, becomes an electrician, starts his own company. So this is where it gets really interesting. Back in those days, eighties, early nineties, you could, um, you could, so he's an electrician, started a Highline company, Hmm. electrical company, then moved to soon realized that the money was in high voltage. So he's like, I want to do line work. I want to do high voltage work. So he starts morphing his company into a high voltage company, bidding jobs that are high voltage jobs. He's just an electrician at that time, owns an electrical company starts. He must have hired some experts or something to help him. He's just process and or is he honestly just, one of the smartest men. Wow. He figured it all out on his own, one hundred percent. And this is how he did it too. He hired linemen, so now he's he's an apprentice, indentured himself as an apprentice lineman as a company owner. You could do that. Wait, wait, hundred percent. Wait, he's an apprentice <laughs> and he's owning the company. Yeah, imagine and that. All you and he's interviewing linemen. <laughs> wow, I'm. I need to hear this. All right, I'm gonna shut up. Go ahead. Uh, please continue. Union, union, like IBW, union company, as an apprentice, hiring linemen. So he's bidding the work, getting the work, doing it, hiring linemen to show him essentially how to do the stuff that he's already bid and got them and putting them to work. Your family must be loaded then. How did he get the, the funds and the... He just, he struggled his ass off, okay. honestly. He's got, got paid in chickens and goats more times he worked, than... He worked his ass off. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Worked his ass off. Both him and my I mean, mother. So my mother was like just as responsible as, well, I mean, as he was. She's part of the company. She ran the logistics right. and he ran the power side of it. He was well, I mean, back in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, you said, like... The tools are still expensive. This yeah. is we're not talking just a hand line and some grips. You know what I mean? Like Man. to tool up a crew, tool up. It's not cheap. They so. didn't start with Brent. This is what this is what everybody today, yeah. nobody today understands. Yeah, what equipment was like back then? What technology was like back then? Mm-hmm. We're talking about old ass double pail bucket trucks, like mm-hmm. old like nineteen eighty nine Ford <laughs> Holen double pail yeah. like shit trucks that they would bring in they'd flop the boom over inside a building everyone on the crew all the linemen too we i remember doing this when i started with them we'd sand the boom down get it painted get it retested like we'd be out there that was my job as a nine-year-old to 14 year old was a can of trim clad painting the back of the bucket taking the cancer off of it you know? oh wow and trailers like that's wow that's how he came up yeah. that's how they started um two three four crews is kind of max that he ran with. He did, they did very well. Um, they would team up, they did more teamwork stuff back then. So they would team up as there were small contractors all through British Columbia. And if, if I had string and equipment and you didn't, oh, but see. you got the job, you know, we'd get together and we'd rent it to each other, yeah, whatever. And, it took. Or we'd, yeah. we'd work together too. And we just work, work it out. Right. Right. We'd, 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 you know, they'd take two or three of our linemen and we'd get together on the job and we'd get the job done. Wow. You know? That's cool. And they'd man. work it out. So it's cool. unheard of now. No, but yeah, I want to go back to a point you made. Like yeah. you said, like nowadays when we start new crews or, you know, obviously you're involved in, in the training aspects, you see the, the tools that come in. I mean, some of the vendors, they just, just give you tools, right. To try out and stuff. But I mean, the, the equipment is state of the art, dude. dude. Like I, I got guys that, what do you mean? It doesn't have an auxiliary port or why isn't it Bluetooth? You know what I mean? Like, what is this thing? You know, what like, is it? I, I got to shift it. Isn't yeah. it just a button that says D? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And like, when I, when I started, it wasn't the early nineties, but it was late nineties. And 
you know, it was the old general line trucks that, you know, the utility didn't want anymore, Yeah. you know, and it was, wow, this is the yes. best thing out here. percent. Right. Yeah. And that, that, you know, the, the equipment wasn't that good. And even the material, like we were ripping, we were stripping out connectors because we needed it for the next job. Yeah. You know, now I see boxes of stuff just laying there for the guys to Did grab. you ever have trucks with micro brakes? So they, they weren't even air brakes. They were just hydraulic micro brakes. So you had to flick these two levers or levers for the Americans. <laughs> flick these two levers. I like levers. I like levers. I like levers. That's good. And then I you like had levers. to you had to pump the brake in order to yeah. charge the system, but oh the system gosh. could bleed off. So you made sure this is where wheel chocks actually came from. So great story. My old man's doing this job. He's probably, you know, 500 yards down the road. Lou parks the bucket truck, flicks the micro brakes, forgot to pump them. Mm -hmm. gets out of the truck and he starts walking down towards my dad. And my dad's waving his hands like, oh, look behind you. He's like, what? <laughs> Looks behind him as the bucket's following him off the bank, <laughs> rolled three times. Oh, no. oh my God. Micro brakes, man. Oh my gosh. That's what I started with. <laughs> I'm not even that old. And that's what I started with was micro brakes. Do you feel like you've, you've kind of gained a little more appreciation for the trade coming yeah. through that, you know, yeah. I mean, basically painting your own line trucks, tooling your own. I mean, you're seeing it build. You feel like you got a little more appreciation for it. It's I'm getting these weird moments now where yeah. it's like, I've been in it long enough where I can look back now and go, wow, like things have yeah. changed a little bit. Yeah. I never, I, don't know, I couldn't imagine getting to that point and then, and actually being like an old ass, like looking back and seeing yeah. how I started and how it is now. Yeah. I yeah. definitely have an appreciation for how it was and how it is. And this gen just, they'll, they'll, they'll take their own shit like 20 years from now. Things yeah. like we're talking about the metaverse a little while ago. Yeah. I don't know. It'll be a full-time job building power lines in the metaverse. Like, wow. You, you can, like, it's coming. You do like just. I'm going to start the contractor <laughs> up for that. There you go. Let's go. Well, at least the traffic control company. <laughs> little steps, baby steps. Little, step, little steps. No, but I, I was going to ask a question in regards to that. So obviously both of, I, both of us are passionate in the way the trade is going. Yeah. Right. We feel like it's going in a good place. You know, so the technology, you know, what we're doing with podcasting and. Yeah. I mean, how do we tie in like the appreciation for where we came, our culture, where we came from yeah. to now? Like, how, cause I, we don't want to go backwards. Like we don't want to be having yep. guys out painting their own line trucks before it goes out. Like, how do you feel? What's the best way we could do that and bring that new, that next generation up? I got that super easy answer for you. Let's, let's hear it. Doing this right here. Yeah. Doing this, Elaborate. talking, talking, having a conversation yeah. and communicating to the next generation that feels like listening to us talk about power lines, mm -hmm. sharing our stories telling them how it was then. And if they care to listen and appreciate it, they will. Like I, mm -hmm. I would point. give anything right now to go back and listen to stories from 20 years ago, about 20 years ago. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. how many of those, like I want to find some guys for my show and I'm sure you do as well. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, maybe you even know them, those old, old ass guys that are still in the industry or they're out of the industry mm -hmm. that care to talk about, how it was, how it was even before when like we in were, the we were in, in yeah. the forties and the fifties. Oh, what wow. about that? Yeah. What was it like? That's wild. Like, what yeah. was that? What was that like? Yeah. We got, you we know? do. So, that's, that's a good point. Cause we do got some old timers, you know, no shout out to Tony Vega out there. You yeah. know, <laughs> some of the guys that we, we keep around, you know, to tell those stories yeah. and to, you know, talk to the guys and mentor our, our next generation. I remember that culture yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. And trainings um, come from self, which we'll get into, but I don't want to go too I far. I had one guy on my yeah. show, um, Don McLennan, super, super good guy. He'd kill me for calling him an old guy. Cause he could still literally whoop my ass. He's amazing. <laughs> He's fit, fit, Yeah, <laughs> but he talks about his old man was a lineman as well. So he talks about stories from mm -hmm. his old man in way in the past, you know, and it's just, it's amazing to hear those stories. So like answer your question, mm -hmm. doing this right here, 
just and just talking. putting just putting it out there, not caring mm. about numbers. You know, yeah. I, like we care about downloads and things like that because right. it, it affects us right now. Yeah. But the bigger picture is talking about it right now, talking about so it, so yeah. that people can listen to it later. That's what, that's why I started. You know, even if it, even it's I think it's. I don't know, Paul, you probably agree too. Like it's, everything's just so fast paced nowadays, right? Like you don't even have time sometimes that you feel like you can't stop and have a conversation with somebody, you know, like in the yard, like let's have a conversation. Let's just talk about what it used to be like, you know? And I feel like we're, we're missing that piece. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, especially in California too. I think we're a little higher paced, uh, speaking from, from, for us, but, uh, it's a little quicker pace, especially when you get off work or Mm -hmm. uh, a little more, a lot more distractions, a lot better weather. You can, you can go to surfing, you can go to snow after work or or do some certain things or take your kid a T-ball and, uh, and we're also busy. We're also busy, and uh, you got iPhones coming out every year, and you got uh, Metaverse coming in a few years, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a lot, lot to, lot to, to stay distracted with and stay busy. And like you said, having a conversation, uh, just to have your time is pretty. Uh, I, I got to struggle for your time, and I, I work directly under you. Um, it's kind of like, hey, uh, I got to schedule something in. But yeah. you're your busy man because you're, you're running a company. Uh, but uh, we make time because we yeah. we enjoy it. Well, this I truly enjoy this. Yeah, I truly enjoy this. Well, let's get back to our guest here about, um, your father's business. So sure. I think, um, I think that's remarkable, yep. you know, that, that you come up in that, in that aspect. I think you're very fortunate too. I, I I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. Yep. Um, Extreme. what was, yeah. What was, so when did you decide to get in the, into that business? So like, I, I grew, I grew, I grew up around, uh, like, do you want to know about my old man, how he decided to get into no, this? You, myself, myself. You, okay. Yeah. So obviously grew up around line work. Yeah. It was a small company in a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, struggle. I watched them go through my mother and father, watched them both go through two, you both full on call them depressions. Um, the eighties and the nineties, mm-hmm. two cycles of depression, uh, remortgage their home, their family home to make payroll, you know, to keep their company alive, mm-hmm. worked out for them in the end, but I'm sure going through that, they had no idea if it was going to work out for them. And this was like, a beautiful log home that him and his father built together, you know, like wow. remortgaging that to make payroll. Yeah. Saw that twice. Um, they would put, uh, they would put guests up and the guests were linemen. So they often bring linemen in. They couldn't always, I know union, you know, but you had to do what you had to do back then. It was a little different. Mm-hmm. Couldn't necessarily pay full per diem, you know? So it was like, Hey, stay at my home. I'll, you know, my mom would cook for them. Wow. They'd stay at our house. So we always had linemen, like even staying with us mm-hmm. for months on end. Right. Um, so what was, what was the size of the company? Like three, four crews, you know, like it's pretty substantial. It did. It did good yeah. in the end. Like it did really yeah. good in the end. Like yeah. he super smart, grew it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that whole teamwork vibe was, yeah. he was able to sell it, uh, sell it to a big, a big company after that and, and okay. did, did fairly well to get yeah. out of it in the end and retire. So, so what made you get into it? So, made me get into it is I grew up listening to those stories. Didn't necessarily, I was around it my whole life. Like I said, worked, worked in and around the shop, sorting bolts, fuses, you know, gibbies on the trucks, all that kind of stuff, working around buckets and diggers. It's never something I really wanted to do. I had more of a, I thought it was more of a creative, you know, kind of wanted to do that, that creative side of things. I, I didn't really know graphic design, something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of a struggle. Like that's the nineties, like graphic design. How do I even get into that? Computers aren't even really like you a know, thing. Yeah. A thing is just something I was thinking about in the future. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I, think had, I think we had pagers. Yeah. No dude. Seriously. <laughs> Nextel. Yeah. The, I think the, anyway, Nextel sorry. Trip. I mean, hundred <laughs> percent for cell yeah. phones. Like, yeah. Was it a, yeah. It's I just think a, it was like a, a Motorola flip one. The razor I think was like my first. Razor. Yeah. <laughs> T9 texting. 
<laughs> um, it was never something I wanted to do. I know my mother would always ask me is, mm-hmm. is you know, you want to, do you want to be a lineman? Like my dad would never come ask me. Yeah. It was always my mom would be like, Hey, is this something that you want to do? And I was always like, no, 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 no way. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it wasn't until I just graduated high school, graduated in 99. Okay. I just graduated and I was at the shop and a foreman that I've actually had on the show quite a few times. Good friend of mine still, Dave Fossa, mm-hmm. um, was a foreman for my father at the time. Uh, pulled me aside and he just kind of like, you know, verbally slapped me on the side of the face. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just had the straight talk. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this or that. He's like, what the hell are you doing? He said, why don't you just get your ticket? And he's like, how old are you? I'm like, oh, I'm 19, 20. Right. He's like, you get your ticket, you're 23, 24 years old. Like, and you have a journeyman lineman ticket and you have that opportunity through your dad and through this company. And it's not always going to be there. Why don't you just do it and then see whatever you want to do after that? Who cares? Mm-hmm. But at least you have this golden ticket, you know, which isn't an IBW journeyman lineman ticket. That's yeah. a golden ticket, yeah. you know, and people don't mm-hmm. appreciate that, but it is, it's like winning the lottery. You don't get that easily. Yeah. And I went home that night and I thought about it like that. I came in the next day and I sat down with my dad and I said, I, I, think, I, I think I want to do this. Let's do it. Yeah. I got a question. Why, yeah. were, why were you telling your mom? No. Was it because of the struggle you've seen? Was it, was it, is it is something you, I know you, you it's pursued ca- in it's graphic design? Something like, you know, when you just grow up around something and yeah. it's like, it's like, there's this and then there's life. And I think at 19, you know, you just want life yeah. and it's like, Oh, what else is out there? College, university. I don't know. You don't know anything. Right. Yeah. You just want to go away from here. Like, Oh, what do you mean? I got to stay in Williams Lake and you know, do this. <laughs> I see, you know, I, I see what you do, but I don't really see what you do. Like right. I, I have like the grunt side of things at the shop. Like I yeah. see the crews go out in the morning. I see them come back yeah. the odd time. I went and hung out with them during the day, but it was like, whatever, you know, like yeah, you're you 15, weren't into it. 16. Like, yeah. You're not into it. Yeah. You're not into it until he, Dave took me aside after that. So once I told him I was into it, he's like, okay, let's go see if you can climb. We go out into the backyard where we had a pole top rescue set up, you know, pull out in the backyard for pole top rescue practice. He throws his hooks on the ground and he's like, okay, put them on. So I put them on correctly, <laughs> flipped out, <laughs> put them on correctly. I'm like, okay, he gives me kind of the brief rundown and I climb the pole back up. I was always fairly athletic. So I think that helped me a lot. Climb the pole. And he's like, look, I remember looking down and he's just looking up like, holy shit. Like you're, a, you're actually a natural. At this. You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> like I climbed to the top and down. He's like, you scared up there? I'm like, yeah. no, oh, no yeah. this, is, this is all right. I'm good. He's, I was fairly natural. And I don't mean that to brag, but it was just something like if you, again, like if you're athletic, this is a great trade and, for you. And right? coordinated. Like, and coordinated. Yeah. Like you, you have, you've worked on all these aspects already. Right. 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 So climbing is just like, ah, it's just something you can do. Yeah. Right. As long as you're not afraid of heights. Yeah. You can, you, yeah. you're not going to be the best at it. It's not going to be natural, but you can learn it. Yep. You know? Yep. You can figure a, it out, you right? Figure it out. Yeah. You've already worked through all of those little athletic yeah. and coordination details that you can figure out climbing. Yeah. Like, so what was it like? You just got right into the apprenticeship at that point? So no. Um what happened was, see if I remember this correctly, going through high school, um, I, w- I was never really good in school. Like struggle, I never diagnosed, but learning disability, right? Dyslexic, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always did like the bare minimum in school got by with my grades. It wasn't my, wasn't what I liked at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would always sit, I would always sit outside and wait for my girlfriend to get out of like physics class. I don't want to do physics. (laughs) 
Turns out physics was a physics 11 <laughs> was a prerequisite to get into the line trade. So I originally started an electrical apprenticeship for like two weeks and the, it went from a union run power line apprenticeship to a government run power line apprenticeship for two weeks. So my dad mm. snuck my name in there. As soon as that happened, he snuck my name in, got me signed up. And then it flipped back. They had this, they had this big battle back in the time. Anyway, flipped back to a union IBW union run apprenticeship and they grandfathered everybody who signed up. Well, you know who signed up? All the owner's kids. <laughs> <Slick>. <laughs> All the owner's kids. So I, my class was with every, like every contractor in the province, their kids in my, it was an epic class though. Like it was dope. Yeah. Um, so I got, I was in, but so they grandfathered me in, but they said, you still have to get your prerequisites. So mm. now here I am working, working out of town, you know, it's 14 hour days on a job for three months straight, seven days a week, getting up at four in the morning to do physics and math correspondence, which you hated. To go out, hated. I had to do it by myself now. No teacher, oh like no internet. I'm doing this yeah. with actual books, books. Yeah. You know, mail in stuff. Yeah, you're not Googling shit. No, you're not Googling <laughs> shit. There's you're not no YouTube. There's yeah. no computer. Yeah. I had books. Yeah. I had the books I had oh, yeah. and then I had the people around me to help. help. Yeah. Good thing. Dave was, Dave helped me through that too. He's, he's brilliant. So I would go to him and I'd ask him questions, not at four in the morning, but, <laughs> and I got through, I, I did it. I did it like that. I, would you say Dave was one of your mentors that you look, look back and absolutely. really changed, you know, the direction in your life and yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's it's a pretty good start. So when, so when did you top out then? Officially? Uh, 2004. 2004. Yeah. Was, what's the, uh, I don't know if we, we talked about or prepped him for this question, but I'm gonna ask him anyways. Um, he's good. He's a pro. Uh, he's a pro. Um, take it. So you said the government took over the apprenticeship program yeah. or whatever that was. And then was that, is that the red seal lineman? Yeah. Is so that what that turned into that? Cause I hear that concept all the time. Yeah. Red, red it's seal, cute. red seal means that, um, it's a program that's adapted, uh, and accepted province to province. Okay. So at that part is uh, ETA, like the electrical uh, training institute. They've accepted that that stamp. You could go from whatever pro whatever province accepts it. It's like state, whatever state accepts it. Okay. Accepts it. So there's a few states. So if that you don't, don't have it, you can't work in those different states or provinces. Correct. If you don't have it. Correct. Oh, okay. Wow. Interesting. You can you can work not yeah. a, not as an IBW. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. And then that's also that red seal is accepted in the United States as well as a journeyman lineman okay. for, for the IBW. Down is here. that above and beyond training the JTC training or is that? No, it's the it's, it's same sort of thing. Same, it works in the program. Sort of and then at the okay. end, at the end of your school, at the end of like your third year uh, school, um, okay. we have seven terms in British Columbia where I did my apprenticeship, seven, six month terms. Um, so three and a half year apprenticeship, you go to school three times, like actual line school three times at the end of that third year school, you write your red seal exam. It's just an exam that you write that gives you that red seal stamp that says you can work in those provinces that accept it. So a Canadian lineman can work in the United States Correct. with red seal, but can a, a, a lineman from the United States go to Canada without the red hmm. seal? That's a good question. Yes. Uh, they can, I believe they have to write the red seal if they want to work in Canada. Oh, if they want to be, when you say, right, that's like an exam. It's an exam. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. It can be studied for and challenged by any journeyman line. 
Yeah. Well, we don't want any linemen to go out to Canada. We need all <laughs> Stay here. It's just a question. Just stay here. We had lots of you guys up there at really? one point in time when the dollar, the when the dollar was better. The wage is hey, great. Hey, stop it. <laughs> wages, yeah. when the dollar, you know, people go to Canada. <laughs> when is the dollar ever going to be better, though? Like, you riddle me this. And then, good luck with the, what, yeah, politics. Yeah. Anyway, we won't go to politics. Lots of nonsense. So do you remember your first lineman job? You're topped out. You're the guy now. Yes. Yeah. Can you describe that? In your oh, family? my first lineman job? Yeah, like you're on. As a journeyman as lineman. As a journeyman lineman. Uh, I found out that I, I topped out and I'd passed my Red Seal exam and mm-hmm. I was now a full-fledged journeyman lineman. Mm-hmm. I was on my way to Mount Pauly Mine. So I was on my way to go work at a copper and gold mine out in the sticks. And uh, yeah, it was just another day. Another day? Didn't just change? Didn't your change. feeling didn't change? No, because... Did you have an apprentice with you? Do you remember the first time so you took an apprentice? When he, oh, yeah. <laughs> I took an apprentice when I was an apprentice. So this is the thing. When you work for your father, when you work for your father, like yeah. it's, you're in auto, automatic leadership positions. Okay. Like, cause it's just, he knows he can rely on you. If you can't rely on anybody yeah. else, you know, you had a core group, mm-hmm. but it, if he can't rely on anybody else, he can rely on you. You're like, you're not going anywhere. And then he can, t- he can talk to you about things and do things a little differently than, he can with other people, right? Did it's you do like, your whole apprenticeship with your old man's company? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Is this still, is company still going? Or I see he sold it. He sold it. Oh, sold yeah, it. he sold yeah. it in 2010 to uh, a contractor called Alltech in, in BC. Yeah. So what's he doing now? Fishing? He he stayed on. So he sold to Alltech and then he stayed on and ended up becoming a vice president and then president for a few years okay. uh, of Alltech. Yeah. Wow. Did he eventually get his ticket too? His journeyman ticket? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, he, he got his journeyman <laughs> ticket right away. So like I said, he hired linemen to teach him quotation marks, teach him how to do line work. And, uh, even though he was bidding the jobs himself, that's weird. That's <laughs> awesome to hear. As an Ta- apprentice. That's self-taught. Crazy. Honestly, man, that's, that's probably one of the wildest things Read books to the middle of the night, trying to figure this Jeez stuff out. Almighty. Talking like reading books about substations and underground and just like whatever he could get his hands on. Talk yeah. about to work learn. ethic. Oh man. Yeah. Did you ever uh, take any leadership roles um, as far as foreman? Did you ever? My whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, it seems to. I mean, obviously, it's journeyman, you know, you run that type of, you know, you we're all leaders, but like actually running. Yeah. Like the accountable for the results of the, of the project. And yeah. Describe um, some of those. The largest, jobs. the largest one I ran was a 500 K, or 500 KV bare hand job in BC. Uh, we were changing insulators uh, eye strings mainly on 500 KV lines and adding arcing horns for three years, I believe IGF that job, um, up to, I think at one time we were up to 40 guys on that job for a little bit, Uh, all bare hand, uh, majority bare hand work methods mixed in with, uh, de-energized work methods as well. I think I read something. You're, you're still certified bare handing. So I I did it for seven years. And then when I, I, I took a moment, uh, five years, I believe it was where I switched from in the field to management type role. And after that, I kind of let my bare hand certification run out with, uh, with the organization I did my bare hand cert with, you have to hold it for, uh, three. If you let it go for three years, re- you have to recertify every year. And if you miss three consecutive years, then you have to go through the entire training again. How does, so, what is something like that? I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. You know, obviously we don't do a lot of bare handing out here in California. I, I can't even think of any that we do, but what's that, what's that look like to be certified? What's that? Take me through what's, it's, what's the certification sure. process. So I did my, I did my certification with Quanta services okay. and their program is really uh, a, a fantastic program. 
I, I don't know. I haven't been involved with any of the other programs out there. So I only have experience with that one. And it's two weeks, very, very intense training. They do most of it in house in their own training facility right now. Mm-hmm. But back in that time, we were allowed access to BC Hydro's system to certify because we had two major projects going on in BC at the time. We had a 500 kV um, insulator changes, like I said. Mm-hmm. And then we had uh, spacer damper uh, changeouts as well. And I think we did 30,000 spacer dampers on 500 kV, 230 kV structures. So very, very intense 14 days of out in the, out in the work, uh, doing the work, um, doing the actual work. And then the in classroom stuff, very intense in classroom wow. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's a, it's an intense course, 14 <laughs> days. Like I, I always said, I, I never wanted to go through it again yeah. <laughs> just because of how intense the course actually was, but it's, it's that good. Is there, okay. is there a lot of work out there for, for that type of work and what's throughout the nation, yeah. throughout the country? Is there? Wow. Yeah. Is that certification, uh, hour, you need to keep hours or is it, uh, you have to higher education or you have to take a job? Or sure. What's, what's they, they have a application process that they go through. Um, they like, depending on who you are, they like, um, hotline experience, and um, they would prefer that you have some transmission, some hot transmission experience as well. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't phrase that question right. Um, when you have your certification, what's the re to keep your certification? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's once a year. You have to go through an intense, again, uh, pretty intense classroom session. Um, go through an exam, a uh, classroom exam, and then you actually go out in the field and do perform another, it. Um, perform it. Do, so, do a bond on and perform a task so that the person recertifying you can see that you're doing everything correctly. So annually you're recertifying. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Wow. Thank you. And then if you miss three consecutive years, um, you gotta do it all yeah, over. You gotta again. do it all over again. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That's great knowledge. Yeah. Is the training any, any different from when you did it before? Do you feel any advancements in the training? It is definitely advanced. Advanced. Yep. A lot it, it was pretty, it was pretty dialed in before, but they've honed it down and they have it. They have full control over it now because they own their own facility. So okay. they can control every aspect of it now, which is super cool. Awesome. Yeah. You even awesome. stay, you even stay on site. So that really adds a lot of extra to it. Yeah. yeah the, um, you had mentioned that, um, you kind of transitioned from the field into, into leadership, your, your GF and a job and a management. What were some of the the struggles or any challenges that you had along the way? Was there something you want to mention that maybe um, managing, you learn from managing people Yeah, and uh, managing people? I got to say is probably it's harder than doing anything else. It's harder mm-hmm. than doing the work. The work's easy, right? You, you probably talk to some linemen who have gone and done a foreman type role and they go, just put me in a bucket again, please. <laughs> Can I just go back to being a journeyman? Yeah. Drive a bucket, say, go this way do that. Yeah. And I, I'm done. I don't want to think about <laughs> yeah. And why is that? I think it's because they struggled, potentially struggled, or maybe they didn't struggle, but they just cut over managing people. Yeah. That's it's, the hardest lives, thing, man. It's like, yeah. you know, I got this happening. I do this, this guy blew a shift. Like it's this, it's, it's putting all the people together to do a job. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's, what's the most difficult part. There is, there's so much going on today, you know, and I find, I find struggles in that too. And managing people is getting, you know, we always got to, it's like a T-ball team. I hate saying it like that, but it is, you know, it's like, you got to get everybody riled up. You got to get them in the right direction. Yeah. And when somebody starts to, you know, kind of go the wrong way on the base running, you got to be like, all right, buddy, come on, let's come around here. <laughs> You're going the wrong way. And, and you know, the, the, the line work part of it's fun. Yeah. You know, like you said, like, just put me in the bucket. Chuck. It's the easy part. It's the easy part. It really part. is. Yeah. 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 Ryan, do you think uh, the industry is behind on 
that aspect. I think we were always concerned as an industry with the skill set of a lineman, but never really focused on that human performance. Uh, now, Raul incorporates and uh, we do some human performance training. Um, I, but I think we're finally getting the, the hang of it. Like we need to learn how to manage people better. And, and sometimes it's managing yourself too, your emotions and, and how to deal with people. Because in a day we can, most of us or all of us can uh, go in and, and, and fulfill that ticket and be a, be a good lineman, safe lineman, productive. But that key is to help motivate other people mm-hmm. around you or that might work under you. What, what do you think? Do you guys know uh, Gary Vaynerchuk? Follow Gary V. Gary V. For anyone who follows Gary V, Gary V is a Mm-mm. very prominent uh, entrepreneur, very, very out there in the social world. He's got a great little team he's put together called Team Gary. They just basically follow him around to film and he puts out content like crazy. Anyway, I take this quote from him all the time is like when you become a leader, it's not you leading them. Like they don't work for you. You work for them. So yeah. it's, it's your responsibility to make sure they're doing well, right. both in their own life and work environment, personal life, like everything you have to get involved with them. If you want them to do a good job for you. Yeah. It's so about you, the people. You need to work for them. Yeah. It's about, it's about the people. It's, about it's always the people. about the people. Yeah. It's, you can, you can be a leader all you want, but if you don't have anybody following you, <laughs> yeah. you're not a leader. So you got to yeah. notice those things yeah. like human, human performance things. Mm-hmm. Like if they're struggling with uh, communicating, you can, you need to notice that and you need to find a way to get them to communicate better. So get yeah. them, you know, spend the time, the effort, the money on making them better communicators or fitness or whatever it is. Like, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. We cool. should, we should, yeah, we share the same passion in that all of us do, I think. And you know, that's, that's, I guess that's why we started doing the podcast yeah. is, you know, line work needs to be more about the fun stuff that we love. You know, the rules, tools, the poles, yeah. <laughs> the climbing, the wire, right. It's, it, it's all the fun stuff, but there's so much more, especially now that we have to worry about or be concerned about, you know, on a daily. Um, so how, how did, how did you drive that, that camaraderie on, on your crew and your job sites? And how did you make sure that the people were taken care of? <sighs> Again, is it naturally uh, or did you have to work at it? Learned it from my mother and father. Yeah. Um, I've had to work at it though. Yeah. Like I, I told you before, I don't know if I mentioned it on here. Mm-hmm. I was always the shy kid. Mm-hmm. I've said it on my show quite a bit. Like I, I was always the shy kid. I struggled with getting up in front of a group of people mm-hmm. and talking and I can't remember. So I can't quote who it was, but I just heard somebody someday say, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable positions in order to get through and learn how to be comfortable in an uncomfortable scenario. Yeah. So you just got to go, okay, take a deep breath. I'm going to get into this uncomfortable scenario yeah. like, and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, and the more you put yourself in that situation, the more it eases up. Eases I, it up. doesn't ever go away. I still get nervous reaching out to every podcast guest I reach out to mm-hmm. every class I have to step in front of. Yeah. I still, I still get butterflies. I still get nervous. I get nervous. Co- I get nervous coming here yeah. talking to you right now. <laughs> I can't tell. Can you? No. <laughs> Smooth. But yeah. You get better at yeah. it. Right. 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 You just get better at it. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I don't want to get too far along, but you know, you, your podcast, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, like I, I really enjoy your podcast Thank you. and Appreciate you know, that. What made you start the podcast? Because I do want to talk about, because I think we have the same passion in that and the reasons why For sure. that we're doing it. Um, but I want to hear it from you. So why did, how did you start it? Why did you start it? Okay. So like I said, um, 
we'd often have linemen stay at our house. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would sit at the kitchen table, eat dinner and I would listen to John or Dave or somebody sit at the table Mm -hmm. and share stories about places they've been like cool jobs they've worked on Mm -hmm. him. Them and my dad would talk, you know, to all hours of night. My mom would usually send me to bed, you know, prior to them leaving the table Mm -hmm. and talking, but they would talk about this all the time. And I didn't fully get it. I was in the picture. I listened. It wasn't like a passion at the time. Okay. Fast forward to when I decided to put some hooks on and join the trade and, and all of a sudden I'm accumulating my own stories and they started jiving back and forth. The further I get into it, I'm like, damn, this is really freaking cool job. Like this is a dope job. This is cool people. This is cool work. And I get to do this all over the place. And I'm, I'm excited to tell people about, yeah. they ask me what I'm doing. I'm like, ah, I'm flying in helicopters. I'm, you know, like whatever, like I'm climbing these 90 foot poles. I'm like, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was exciting. I was passionate about it. So I, I, I can't read well. I don't write fantastic. I write okay, but it's slow. How can you share your story in a modern way? can share it through podcast. I was an avid listener. Like I said, couldn't read. I've read five books in my whole life with my eyes. I listened to them all. Yeah. I would travel all over the province of BC in my truck, uh, listening to audiobooks. listen to audiobooks, And then when podcasting came out, listening to podcasts, just consuming, consuming. And I'm like, there's nothing for line work to share our stories. So what, were, I, what were some of the podcasts you were listening to? Oh man, they started out just honestly with Rogan. Like yeah. he's just been such an in- inspiration yeah. at the time. And then it morphed into Jocko's podcast yeah. and uh, great stories about Jocko's podcast too mm-hmm. um, for later. Mm-hmm. But those were a huge, huge influence. And then I was just like, I want to share our stories. I want to share line worker stories. I don't care who's going to listen to it. So I I tell my parents and I tell anyone who would listen, my friends, my close friends, I think I'm going to start a podcast about line work. They're like, what? And nobody was doing it, right? No. But they're like, what? Like, nobody's going (laughs) to listen to your dumb stories. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I, I, I tried to work up the courage to do this over a year. I knew nothing about podcasting. And this was 2019, March 27th was when I launched my first episode. Guys, I knew nothing. Like I, I didn't know what gear to use. I didn't know how to hook up the gear. I didn't know how to edit nothing, yeah. nothing. Everything was self-taught was watching YouTube videos to try to figure out how to do this trial and error, buying gear, buying gear. I didn't need like, and just trying working up the courage to invite people on this thing, everything. <laughs> Who was your first guest um, that you were like f- comfortable with and like, come on, buddy, let's, let's do a podcast. I actually think the first guest was Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Was Dave. Dave. Yeah. yeah, it was Dave. Yeah. Dave was the first guest and then uh Olin Clausen right after him. Yeah. Yeah. No, was, <laughs> well, I know I know when we started our first podcast with um Pat Lavin. I I can talk to Pat, no problem. And then yep. when that record button goes on, it's just a total different feeling. Yeah. Because you know it's captured forever. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And I think I think there's some there's some value in that though, right? It's kind of a time capsule that, you know, you could always go back to and I still do, you know, and, I, and I'm I'm sure someday, you know, I'll, I'll go back to it again. Well, what is it like for you? Um, when people say, yeah, I went back to the beginning and listened to your first episode. Oh, I hate like, that. Oh, don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. I started from the start. No, please. It's like your first girlfriend. You're like, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's terrible. Don't go. <laughs> your first girlfriend. <laughs> well, I got this, I got this joke every time I, somebody brings up the podcast, like, you know, around my family or around my daughter and it's always, uh, yeah, you know, the, 
the host's a little bit rough. The host is rough, but the guests are really good, <laughs> you know, because it's like, it, it's tough, but I can tell you what, man, the more and more you do it to your point, yep. like you get more comfortable. Yep. And I've, I find value in just preparing for guests, right? You still get nervous. You still, you know, but it, it's driving another, um, part of me that's finding more passion in the trade and yep. getting a certain message out. I don't know. Do you feel that same? hundred percent. So yeah, I, I read a book, um, right at the near the beginning, actually, that has helped me huge. The book is written by Larry King. It's called how to talk to anybody, anytime, anywhere. Mm-hmm. All right. That's helped me with interviewing. So I've set like some questions that are the same questions that I get to for everybody. So if I get stumped, yeah, I get into these it's questions. A it's a go-to, right? Oh, smart. But then I always dive and dig deeper into the story behind yeah. that original question. And that's, I don't know, that's where I found my rhythm. I know. And me and me and Paul talk about all the time, you know, who's really good at that is Jocko does such a good oh, job dude. with it, man. He's like, le- he's a legend. It's like, man, how can you, you know, he's just so natural at it. Dude. I first time I found, okay. So first time I found Jocko was, um, extreme ownership, his book. Right listened to the audiobook, consumed it. I just started in the office. So 2015, mm-hmm. just started in the office. I remember getting in one day. I was so excited about this guy, this Jocko and this book. And I looked him up online and you could hire Jocko to come to your office at that time and do a workshop for like 3,500 bucks plus a flight. Like it was nothing. Yeah. yeah you get, you, you touching get, that now. <laughs> you get him to come to your office. Right. So I, I yeah. get in and I'm like, I type up this big email. I, I send it to the executives. I send it to the president and a couple VPs. I'm like, we should have this guy come in and talk about leadership. I was so jacked about it. Yeah. I added clips in there, everything crickets. I heard crickets. no support, no support. <laughs> My old man came into my office one day. I guess we worked together at that time too. He was a VP. He come in. I'm like, Hey, did you see that email I sent you guys? And he's like, yeah, that Navy SEAL guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the guy. He's like, he's kind of extreme. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, but (laughs) that's what we need. But but." yeah. Okay. Fast forward. I'm still in the office five years later. (laughs) I heard on Jocko podcast that, or it was another podcast or something, a YouTube video that he was $85,000 to hire now to come. (laughs) Jeez. Dude, I think it's, it's a quarter. Like, yeah, it's two hundred grand now. So I dug up. There you go. I dug up that yeah. email. I went back and I searched and searched. I dug up that email. I printed it off because my old man was president. Yeah. I put it on his desk with that note beside it. I'm like, he's a hundred grand now. <laughs> he's like, what? He comes into my office. I'm like, yeah. He knew that I like Jocko. I'd been talking about Jocko podcast nonstop. So, 2019, right as the pandemic was starting. I scored tickets to Jocko live in Seattle Oh wow! for my two boys and my father. I took them both for Christmas down there in January, end of January. Uh, COVID just hit in Seattle. So it was just being talked about. Seattle was like the place it kind of started. Right. And we went down there, saw Jocko, watched him. It was amazing. Got in line to go meet him. We were back at the line. Mm-hmm. The boys, like it was late. My boys are there and this guy from that works for Jocko comes up to us. He's like, Hey kids. He's like, you guys got school tomorrow. And I'm like, did I say yes? Say yes. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we do. Yep. And we, we drove down from Vancouver, BC. So he's like, come with me, took us all to the front of the line. So I got to meet Jocko. Oh, I got wow. to introduce him to my boys, introduce him to my dad. And it was just such a cool moment for me. That's like awesome. every day when I go pick my kids up from, um, from their mother's house, I would, I would put Jocko podcast on cause it's clean and it's good message. And it's clean. so they just, yeah, it's yeah. been, he's been a huge inspiration. That's awesome. Yeah. man. that's awesome. Yeah. Actually we do some, uh, 
Have you seen the echelon front? Uh, yeah, I online? noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the online training? I like it, dude. I dig it. Um, I'm hoping to roll some of that out to our leadership next year. Like management it's, style leadership? Oh, yeah, or, management style or business. take it to the field guys? Oh, you can definitely use it in the field. Yeah. Um, I, I can I can see our foreman going through. And it's it's handy because it's online. Right. See, I don't, what you need, I don't have to. It's, it's, the, it's super intuitive. Like it's, it's easy to get to, you know, we already have the iPad pros, so it makes it easy for the field. They're all, you know, connected cellular so they can do it anywhere, but they do these uh, weekly disciplines. You know, they go through all of the leadership principles. It's really, really nice. Um, obviously we do the book too, but yep. the, they, it's just a deeper dive. They got, they got live uh, segments on there where you can, you can zoom in and listen to a live conversation with Jocko and, you know, Dave Burke and all, yep. all of them. And it's, it's a really, really good, it's, it's super smart, man. I managed to I get JP it. on my show and that you know? was a huge mm-hmm. moment. I yeah. that was so cool. Just reached out to him. He's like, yeah, man, let's do it. Really? Like, Whoa. <laughs> I was what a little up, while producer. Ago. Can't you get J- JP? Yeah, Dude, that was, it's, it's a, yeah, emails in my draft. Good. <laughs> it's like a year and a half. Cute up. <laughs> this is humble beginnings here, right? <laughs> we're starting. We're starting <laughs> with people like you. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> shit, man. damn, man, that hurts. I uh, know, no, no, no. We're doing great here. But no, you. Um, other than just the the uh, podcast, you also do. I mean, you're all over social media. What do you think about the social media? I mean, there's so much controversy in my opinion mm-hmm. with between you know should it be in our trade shouldn't it not be in our trade what's your feeling on it because you're all over it like yep. i mean i i look at you as an influencer i think you have a good message across all your platforms nice. I, I truly believe that um what's your feeling on it uh put the work that i do mm-hmm. into the fitness industry and you got a million followers and you got like huge platform like whatever mm-hmm. this industry i'll straight call them out they're they're horrible Mm-hmm. Right now, they're they're so far in the past, not looking into the future when it comes to addressing social media. Mm-hmm. Social is the place where people connect. You want to communicate with people. This is the way to do it. Yeah. Like, just look at like for any anybody that owns a company or is high up in our industry. Turn around and look at the next generation. Pick your head out of the boardroom, turn it, and look at your kids. What are they doing? Are they any more than an arm's length from their phone at any point in time? I think we all know that answer. They're on, they're on, <laughs> yeah. they're on Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're on TikTok. They're on Discord. They're on Twitch. Like you need to be in those places, and you need to find a way to connect our industry to those places. Yeah, and you need to teach them about see. They bitch nonstop about this industry. Ah, oh, it's a bunch of snowflakes, you know, hand, they need their hands held, da, 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 da. and they do. But whose fault is that? It's yeah. our fault. Yeah. You know, talk about taking ownership for something. Yeah, look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Yeah. It's our fault for not training or it's not, you like giving that knowledge? It's our fault for not introducing our trade or a trade to them. They have no idea. And not just a trade, they have no idea how to swing a hammer. Right. I've seen it hundred percent. Like you got to start with like how to use hand tools when they come to your trade school. Yeah. You know, like this is a drill. This is a hammer. You hold it at the bottom, not up near the top. You don't punch bolts. You swing at them. Yeah. You know, our, yeah, our, our industry, our trade that it's got to be influenced in a positive way. And it's, if that's what our, our guys are into, then why not get involved into it and send that proper message at the right time. Right. When things happen and, there's just so much innovation we could use, you know, like the guys aren't, 
the guys aren't getting encyclopedias anymore. They're not reading. <laughs> they're not. Gra- my daughter's not grabbing, you know, a dictionary, you know, their attention span yeah, is this yeah. big. If it's even that big, yeah. like you, like they, they say, I think you have between one and three seconds to hook somebody. And then they might even only watch 10 seconds of a 30 second video before they're scrolling. So you, you hooked them and they're interested, but they're still only interested for 10 seconds. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I get it. I get it, man. Like, so you got to think about that. And you got to keep it fresh too. Yeah. That's the other thing is, you know, once you start delivering a message, you know, let's just take a safety topic, you know, for example, like you got to keep giving that message in a way that is fresh yeah. because it gets redundant. And then now it's just something that's, they're not going to be attentive to. Right. Yep. So, and you do that really well. Like, Thank I you. think that's, I think that's why I like listening to your podcast and, you know, you, the guests you bring on. Um, I think it's, I think it's definitely a value that we got to get better at. Um, yeah. We're trying it, you know, yeah, thanks definitely. to pro- producer Paul here. And, you yes, know, you're doing a great job. What, he, what we try to do and awesome. um, the safety topics or just, you know, just trying to and you kind of build a network, like you said, connecting people. And next thing you know, people are all connected to the same message. Yes. And I think that's what our industry, even back in the day was we just did it in a different form. Yeah. It was more, like you said, more conversating, more, more communication, more taking the time to train. I think now, like I said, fast pace, you, you got to find innovative ways to put that message in front of, in front of our people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I love what you guys are doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I was so stoked when mm-hmm. you introduced your guy, introduced yourselves and you came out with this podcast and it's not like, it's not competition. You know what I mean? Right. It's not thought of that. Like I get, I get that message a lot. I'm like, mm-hmm. what do you think about this? You know, like, I'm like, it's great. Yeah. How, I say, how many fitness podcasts are there? Like a freaking bazillion. bazillion Everyone's yeah. got a different story and they're going to share it differently. No one's going to share like I share. Right. You know, no one's yeah. going to host exactly like I do. No one's going to host <laughs> yeah. exactly like exactly. you do. You have your own message. You have your own experiences that you draw from and share from and talk mm-hmm. about. And the more of it that's out there, the better. I had a kid come up to me the other day, literally like three days ago. And he's like, yeah, man, when I first found this trade, like I found you and I I wanted to consume everything I could consume because I'm excited about this trade, this new thing I want to do for the rest of my life. I found it, but there's nothing out there. He's like, it's such an elusive industry. He's like, I know nothing about it. Like, how do you do this? How do you do that? You know, what, when, where, how, why, you know, I couldn't find it. I found you, I found your podcast. Thank God, (laughs) you know? Yeah, no. And it it opens up just so much more information. And if if we're trying to get people, good people, Mm -hmm. and, and, and to your point, like people, some people don't even know about our business. No. And it's the best trade out there. Yeah. I mean, it's provided for my family and then some, right? And I mean, and not even on just a financial aspect, like from just me being a man, right? Like growing up in a, in a, in a mm-hmm. trade that, that makes you grow with it, yep. right? And understanding and be more, be more sophisticated. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a good business. Um, not you, everyone's going to like school, you know, not everyone's going to well, like want to go to college or university. Yeah. You know, like, and that's the thing. Like, I know I didn't want to, I didn't want to either. I was, I I was going to work. I didn't want to, I wanted to be creative. I didn't know how to do it back then. I kind of understand it now. Right. I've learned it now, but I wanted to do things outside. Mm -hmm. I do. I loved it. I love that aspect about outside working with my hands, bonding with people, doing a job together with, with people. Mm -hmm. It's been amazing. I want to talk a little bit about your transition from, uh, going into training. Cause I know you're passionate about that too, just as much as what you're doing with your podcast and, and your company. Um, how did you get into training? Like what made you get into? So I switched, from, about that. Uh, I switched from management. I kind of left doing management and that honestly, that um, 
executive type stuff, the office. It, I felt really very disconnected from the trade that I had spent 15 years mm-hmm. in. I know it's related. I was in the same industry, but it's hundred percent different. You're not, you're not part of the group. Yeah. Anymore. You're part of a different group that, uh, Oh man, that's, you know, that all too well. It's, it's yeah. political. It's different. It's a hundred percent different group. It's right? different. And you have to not to cut you off. Yeah. Um, but it's more like you have to get your mindset in a way. And this is what I did. And it's, I feel like we got the same passion, just different paths is I feel like I was able to kind of put a need where the trade, like put the trade in a, in a direction where I think it needed to go personally and found passion in that. Yeah. That's right. Cool. And, and, in the, at that position, at those levels, I felt like, you know, we can make a difference yeah. if you get the right people. Cause I ain't gonna do it by myself. You need uh, a group though. You need, you, a group. Need, you need a group buy-in, yeah. a group buy-in. And once you get the buy-in, you got to get people to contribute to that buy-in mm-hmm. because everybody can be bought in and not do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm the best guy out here, but I don't, I don't support it or contribute to anything. I think that's what the combination of our collaboration, you know, yep. will do is bring the executive to the blue collar worker and bring everybody up at the same time. Yeah. I guess that's my, that's my passion. I think that's hundred percent. That's, but you went a different route. Let's talk about the training. Cause, well, I just, I transition, yeah. I transitioned from there into, um, mm-hmm. into the podcast. So I'd started the podcast, I've been okay. running it for about a year and a half mm-hmm. and I was kind of looking for a way out and I was like, well, I kind of started this podcast. I could maybe build a little business around it. I had a little bit of savings. So I switched into that. I left management and went into just working on the podcast. But again, it's like deep diving into a brand new world of like how to set up websites, how to set up a business, how to like everything was set up, set up, set up. Yeah. I did that for eight months and you know, life has payments that weren't being met basically. So I had to get back into a job. Um, so I called up people that I knew in the industry. I said, Hey, can I get into this? And it ended up an opportunity in, in instructing. Um, it was, it was more like advising and it was going to work out where it was more bare hand work and energized work methods that I was going to be working in that kind of realm. Okay. But there was a need to fill in a, in a line school. So as an instructor and I was like, okay, I've, I've always just gone and done what's needed to do. Right. Even if it's not exactly what I wanted to do, I went and did it and then I ended up really enjoying it. Yeah. I got in and I was like, man, I can, really affect people's lives from the start. Right. You can help like, it's almost like starting up a business. Like you can start it up right. Or you can start it up wrong. (laughs) You can put the work in, in the beginning. that's what it's like taking, taking a new person into this trade and like, let's set you up right for success, you know, mindset and everything. Right. Let's not just talk about the way to apply grounds correctly. Let's talk about the why, you know, right from the start you know, burn that into your, into their head so that they go back out into the world. And even if the guys around them are like doing it differently and they question it, they can go like, look, like I, I can show you the math on why this is wrong. You know, see, and and man, Ryan, I appreciate what you're saying there. Cause I think, I think the, our business, our trade, you know, the guys are not taking the time to train and you, you just took a small, a small situation there, but you know, think about every day, you know, most of our apprentices, you know, they get all their, their training in the field. Let's just face it. Right. I mean, they spend a few days out of the month, you know, down there at the apprenticeship, but at, they're going to, they're going to learn on the field on the job site. Right. But there's a passion from you that I can tell that you enjoy it. Yeah. Like for take the time to train somebody like, obviously I think you got that from your old man and your upbringing and the guys that brought you up, but 
um, how do you maintain that? Because like, how do you maintain that, just that passion to be, to be able to train somebody? Because I can tell you what, it gets frustrating, yeah. right? Doesn't it? I mean, especially with this, we just talked about the generation coming up. It's hard to connect sometimes. Um, what do you, how do you, how do you maintain that passion in it? I'd be lying if, if I said it's like, it's there every day, right? Yeah. It's just like everything. You got to show up for it and you got to work at it. Yeah. Um, but it's in the moments it's in the moments that are really good that fuel you for the next one. That's really good. It's like when somebody reaches out to me on social, just searching for a job, like a vet reaches out in social media, searching for an opportunity, you know, and, and I'm able to deliver an opportunity. And it's like, I get that a lot where I just, I just need an opportunity. You just need an opportunity. Here's your opportunity. You still have to take action on the opportunity. Right. 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 But to see that, that guy, act on that opportunity and get into a, a trade and a career that they love and they're interested in. You see life in them now and you see a life completely, totally changed because of it forever. That's like, man, like what that does to you, like that just fuels for the next one. Right. That's the same thing we talked yeah. about, you know, leading and management and you know, that upper manager role it's the same feeling I get. Yeah. It's in a different, cool. it's, you know, when you see somebody be successful, yeah. that's the reward. Yeah. Right. When somebody yeah. comes up to you at a safety meeting or a meeting, like you really impacted me and thank you for, you know, f- for helping me through this, you know, and that's, that's the reward. You got to love the process. Yeah. yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. got to love that whole process with the, the good yeah. and the bad in it. The good and the bad. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so you're still training. Yes. Are you, yeah. I'm, uh, about that. I'm actually, I uh, just got bumped up to uh lead instructor Congratulations. Uh, for Quanta services at their uh, training facility in Texas. Let's so talk, let's yeah. talk about that. So what, what are you doing down there? So um, lead instructor, uh, Quanta, Quanta electrical line worker program mm-hmm. um, at the lazy Q line school. Uh, it's a 15 week program for uh, Quanta employees and uh, veterans, you know, to get into when they come out of this program, it's the, one of the only programs in the industry that is IBW accredited program. So um, that means direct entry into IBW uh, apprenticeship of district of their choice, basically. Wow. Wow. Not all of them are on board, but uh, I heard a lot of stories about that school that, that lazy queue. I mean, I heard it's pretty impressive. It's amazing. It it is honestly, it's, it's, it's poorly, uh, poorly branded, I guess is maybe the word mm-hmm. people, they hear line school and they think of the other line schools. So right. I won't call any of them out, but you know who they are. Yeah. Um, it's different than that because the difference is, is anybody off the street can, uh, if you have enough money, you can go to that line school and that's great. And I don't, I'm, I'm not here. I promote those schools too. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I don't like where linemen go on social media for one tangent here. I don't like where they go on social media. A lot of get like, don't bother wasting your money at those schools. I know a lot of people that that was their in and they needed to go to the line school yeah. and they needed to learn what they needed to learn there. And then they came out and actioned opportunities and made it happen for themselves. I see a lot of, of kids go through those schools and then come out and not find work. And I think they need to look at themselves because the work is there. So they need to look internally and why they don't have work. Yeah. And it's not like, I think they're, those people are blamers, you know, the, yeah. the blame I wasted, you know, whatever. So the work's there. Yeah. You just gotta go, you gotta put action and you gotta go get it. 
So it's you, everywhere. hundred percent. You have to act, you have to act on the opportunity. It may not be, you know, in California, it's like most, most guys want to come work, right? Because yeah. that's where the work is. But we are, I say the, the good wages, um, and it's, you may have to go out of state for a little bit. Yep. You may have to go get an apprenticeship program across the other nine JTCs Heck, to go do something and yeah. come back to your, your home local or your home state. The guy I just interviewed, Kyle Norton, um, mm-hmm. from California. It was a great podcast. Probably. Just thank you. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Just outside Sacramento grew up, you know, he's a Cali boy. He's in, um, Colorado now he's, that's his new home. That's where he, he learned how to do power line work, yeah. you know, cause he chose to go where the opportunity was and he took action on the opportunity and he made it happen for his life. And now he's a yeah. ticketed journeyman. The people who say, I'm just waiting for that opportunity. Did I'm you? waiting to be close to home. Yeah, <laughs> that's, like, that's, what, that's what I take that as. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. this program, you can't just, uh, you can't just spend money on it um, and just join. Okay. Know? That's what's different. And then also that it's uh, IBW accredited program. So, the but you also do other trainings. Don't don't like, I heard that the like foreman training go down there. I've yes. talked to so, I've a lot of buddies in the we trade. Do, uh, intense uh, grounding and bonding course. Yeah. Uh, we do bear, all our bear hound training there for, for quantum services. Yeah. All the bear hound training takes, it's an amazing facility. I honestly got to get you guys there to have a look at it for yourselves. That's what I was waiting for. The yep. invite. You ready, you ready to go? Hey, well, I got my backpack. Man. Funny you mentioned that, right? <laughs> totally. I've been meaning to go to Texas. Is it in, is it in Texas, right? Yeah, it's okay. in Texas. Just outside of Austin, South Austin, LaGrange, Texas. Um, you guys will be LaGrange, going. the ZZ Top song? The ZZ Top song. Yep. <laughs> All right. That's the place. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. It, you'll be blown away. Just kidding. Yep. Yeah, It'll awesome. give you a brand new perspective on on what's out there for, uh, for training. Because you guys are like myself. Um, I think you believe the same thing is, and you were just mentioning it a second ago, about training and how... We need to take a responsibility as linemen to further our own training. And I think a lot of the time we expect that handout, like the union needs to train me or the company needs to spend money to train me. They do. They have their responsibility to do that. But then you also have a responsibility yourself to go and further educate yourself or train yourself on whatever that is, whether that's being fit or whether that's learning something in the trade and in, in the job. Yeah. You no, know? I, we can talk about this for yeah. a little bit because me and Paul go on and on about yeah. it. Now we're yeah. the only trade is like when you get your journeyman ticket, that's it. That's it. Yeah. There's no additional training. And you wait for training on the job, on the job or the company requirement or compliance training. Yeah. Right. There's no further advancement. Bullshit training. Yeah. Or, uh, there's no further advancement in your own livelihood, in your own career. Yeah. And then when it, when there is an opportunity to do it, Nobody does it, <laughs> right? There's no because there's a cost because you have to do right? it. Right? And it's hard. I get yeah. it from a company perspective. Right. Like mm-hmm. there is big dollars when a lineman goes, yeah. I want to learn grounding and bonding or something, mm-hmm. and the, and the company goes, dang, okay, I got to find a course. I got to find a trainer. I got to pay the guys a day, two, three, four mm-hmm. days wages to sit in a classroom and learn this. Yeah. And of course, we can get into like the the cost of the death of an employee versus you know yeah. training. Like it doesn't even outweigh, but convincing them to upfront that isn't always the easiest thing to do. And there's so much, like I just mentioned, you know, echelon French, there's so much innovation training out there that it doesn't, it doesn't take a whole lot, maybe some planning, you know, and okay. So you have to go shut down for an hour or two in the morning or half a day or even a day. But to your point, there's so much more value in the upfront training than if something happens on the back end, because there was no training or there wasn't a culture to, you know, to accept the training. And what's wrong with reaching into an Mm -hmm. industry 
yep. that's outside of yours mm-hmm. and taking something that's already built and offering like, like mm-hmm. echelon front, yep. you know, why reinvent the wheel? Why sit down and try there. to develop leadership training when you have echelon front? Yeah. It's turnkey. Like <laughs> we went through the same on our human performance training that Paul mentioned, you know, and just a plug here, like we, we went out and looked for somebody who had a human performance training that was packaged and yeah. ready to go. Yeah. And at the time we needed it as a company and we did, and it's, it's innovative that it comes out from its track. There's dashboards. I can see who's doing the training, who's not doing the training. You know, obviously we got to have some sort of a measure or it won't get done. So we measure it and it's out there, yeah. you know, and it sounds like this facility has it, which is awesome. Yeah. They, the they trade, have a, a good know? ability to do a lot of, a lot different, of different types training. of, yeah. Fundamental cool. stuff. And so you're the lead instructor at the, at the line school or oh, yeah. sorry yeah, at the yeah. line school. And so are you building all the curriculum or is it already uh, done? It's a majority of it's done already. It's already done. Yeah, we make tweaks and changes. Uh, the okay. director, David ball, he does, okay. he does a large portion of, he does curriculum all the curriculum development. development. Yeah. Wow. It must be changing though. It changes as, nonstop, it, nonstop yeah. for you. Yeah. So how many, how many instructors are down there? Uh, right now there's about four of us, um, and then a few that rotate through, but if there's about four that are pretty predominantly there majority of the time now. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we're also looking for instructors, buddy. If you know any good ones, (laughs) send them our way. We just got the new school up there in Sacramento. I mean, we're always looking for linemen and we need linemen to, to train. So how do you, there's a question for you. How do you find instructors in California? With it's ca- with California wages it's tough. It is so tough, man. Like, and that's what, that's our struggle too. Yeah. There's so much money that's out here to be made and it's, and we're not, we're offering good wages for those, yeah. for those positions just to get good people. Yeah. But yeah, it's really hard to compete with what the guys are getting now, mm-hmm. you know, but I do feel there's guys out there that wants a little bit more, um, a little more value of life, you know, being home every night, not working seven, eight, you know, days a week as much as you can, you know, 90 hours a week. True story. So I do think there's some guys out there that, you know, will take those jobs, with open arms and be like, you know what? I'm going to pass it along yeah. you know, from what was, what, what, I, what, what was taught to me down to that next guy. So they're out there, but we're looking for them. Paul, you want to go be an instructor? Uh, I'm good here. I like, I, <laughs> you like what you're doing? I'm hitting buttons here and, uh, <laughs> meeting fine people like, uh, Ryan and, Chopping, chopping. Yeah, I'm yeah. good. Uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about your family. Thanks man. for pressing record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you press record? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, we're good. Red lights on. <laughs> okay. You're, you still got a job. All right. Cool. This, for this year. <laughs> this year. <laughs> Year's almost over. I know. I'm nervous. Ryan, you hiring? You a podcast producer? <laughs> hey, now this isn't a this isn't an interview. <laughs> oh, you fired me on the spot. We'll What's talk, that pink slip hanging we'll out? Talk later. We'll talk later. <laughs> that term slip there, buddy. <laughs> Oh, uh, your family. You yeah. want to talk a little about your family? Sure. We haven't talked about your family, your father. Let's yeah. talk about, let's talk about your kids. My kids are great. Um, yeah. geez, really the reason I get up in the morning, mm-hmm. it's tough. Uh, as you know, this trade, um, you don't get to spend a lot of time yeah. with your kids. Um, you can, and you can't, you know, depending mm-hmm. on what you choose to do within the trade provides out. And that is a cool aspect of the trade. You know, yeah. you can choose to turn that dial down, go hang out with your kids and be family, or you can turn the dial up, especially as what I love about the United States is your opportunities here, um, way surpass the opportunities in Canada, even in our trade. It's amazing, um, to turn that dial. Right. I got you. Um, so yeah, I've spent a lot, a large portion of my time on the road. I still work on the road. Mm-hmm. I'll be down in Texas for three weeks. I'll go home for three weeks. Uh, 
split family. So mm-hmm. it's, it's tough to see the kids. I don't see them as much as I'd like to. I know that'll change in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hoping that I'm showing them things, um, in life by just representing what you have to do to provide for a family. And, yeah. you know, I'm fully engaged with them every time I do get them and do see them. It's full, fully engaged, trying to do the things they want to do and being very present. You have three kids, three kids. Yeah. What's two, two boys and a little girl. Two boys. What, what are their ages? Um, Nolan is 17. Hudson is turning 15 in January and Farron is seven. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh there's there was times I don't know you felt feel like this. I have an eleven year old, yeah. um, Madison. And and to your point, like she's my world. She's everything to me. And I'm fortunate though I get to see her every night. Yeah. You know, so I can imagine, you know, being away from her three weeks and the catch up it's tough during man. that time. Yeah. You but, put you put FaceTime on yeah. and a little little tripod it and you color with them. It does make it like I'm very yeah. grateful for technology in that way that yeah, yeah. That you can do that. Yeah, that you can do that. There was time, I don't know if you felt like this being on the road, but there was times even when I was at home that sometimes you feel you're not even there still, even though you might be home Yeah, just because your mind's going everywhere and you're, you know, you're thinking about the next day. And I don't know if you felt that way, but you know, what were some of the things that may be challenging coming up through, through your career that you had to contend with with your family? You have to make a, you have to make, make a conscious effort to be engaged. Yeah. Like you, you have to decide whether to turn that stuff off or on mm-hmm. that's your responsibility. I'm, I learned it now. I can't say that I always did it that way. There was sometimes I'd come home, not fully engaged, didn't like the way things were, you know, whatever scenario it was, you could hardly wait to get, you know, back on the road. Yeah. Cause you just, you seem like you what drop, was it? you do drop you think, into do you think it was the money or you think it was the camaraderie or you think it being away from home. Cause I, I, I think that for me it was, you're dropping into life that isn't, doesn't seem like it's yours. You're just, you're just a guest, you know, you Mm -hmm. just drop in, you can't make decisions the same way you can, but you can't, you know, like scenario is just different. You drop, you're just messing things up almost when you come home. Yeah. It's It's just, it's being run fine. Schedule's different. Like you're not a part of the schedule. Show up with us or don't like that kind of thing. Yeah. And then would you, would you change anything? If you, if you could go back five years and give yourself some advice, is there some, something maybe you would change five, five or 10 years Oh man! in regards to family? That's, just, I hate, I almost don't like looking back like that yeah. and saying, Hey, I would change this. I, it's made me who I am. Yeah. So I don't think I would change it because then I wouldn't have gone through that. I wouldn't have met that person. I wouldn't have gone through that scenario. I wouldn't have been forced to make that decision, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. And I don't think it makes you who you are now. And I'm ha- I'm happy with who I am now. Yeah. No, that's a good, man. That's, you know? that's a perfect Ryan Lucas answer. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, it was good. And, and me and Paul wanted to stump you a little bit with that one, but no, nah, that was a perfect answer, man. Like you're so smooth. But when I look back and I was thinking to myself, you know, um, if I could go back five, 10 years and I think about, you know, the decisions I've made and I agree with you, like I'm, I've done a lot of good shit, but I've done a lot of bad shit too. Like sure. as far as decisions. And one of them is just working way too much, Yeah, you know, and like trying to maybe just start a company or drive a company in a certain direction and really taking that home. And I wish I would have done that a little bit different, but to your point, like, I think, I think it makes who we are today. I think yeah. my kid looks at me now, like 
you know, he's, he provides like he's here and, and now it makes me even smarter, stronger, more of a, a role model for her. Yeah. You know, at some point, heaven forbid, she talks to a boy, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hopefully it'll be a boy that kind of resembles me. Right. I think in, in my, in my work ethic. Right. Oh, there you go. I thought you're talking about well, he looks and won't. Handsome I hope he's handsome like me. <laughs> you just said I was. Dude. You just said I was best dressed. <laughs> hey, that's Mike Garcia. Hey, you, you're best dressed. You always, I never seen a wrinkle on your outfit there. <laughs> oh, outfit? <laughs> yeah. What do you call it? Swag? Jeans? Oh my bad. <laughs> Let's get back to serious, boys. Oh, I got you. All right, we're in the primary now. Um, no, but you know what I mean. I like, think like we're uh, our opportunity at being a human being, and this it may sound selfish, but like it's a it's a 400 trillion to one opportunity of even being a human on planet earth. So if you're not doing things that ultimately make you happy as well, yeah. you know, you're doing it wrong. Like you can't, if you do things that make you happy, you know, it depends on what those are, but, <laughs> and still show up for your family when you need to show up, you provide for them. Like you need to provide for them. Like things like mm -hmm. they're going to see they're their own people too, but you can't sacrifice everything right you know right. you got to go through life loving what you do as well every day absolutely absolutely so, so like it sounds selfish but if you don't do that you're not going to be able to show up for them properly if you don't make that decision for yourself like and make yourself happy you're going to go home and you're going to be miserable yeah you know and that's going to reflect on your kids so what is that doing to your kids what's that showing your son if you go home and you're miserable yeah you know no, you're he, a bear <laughs> I talked to, uh, I talked to some guys this morning and we were talking about this and one of the guys asked me, man, how, why are you so, just so positive, right? Like you're just always so positive and I know you got a lot going on, you know, you know, you got this, you got that, it's the end of the year and you know, we had a safety meeting today and, and I was thinking about that and I said, you know what, man, like I just try to, to your point, I just try to bring in just the most positive I can yeah. and control what I can at this moment because I've been in places where you try to control everything and it doesn't work. 100%. So um, a lot of people talk about, you know, manifestation and, you know, manifesting. I really do think it's letting in the positive and filtering out the negative. Big proponent on that. Yeah. Yep. Are you? Talk yep. about that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Okay, my thoughts on that are if you start thinking about something, so it comes down to like setting goals, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I don't write things down as much as I should but I think about them a lot. So if I set a mental goal, even mm -hmm. I now start thinking about that, you know, and manifestation to me, isn't that you just put it out there and it happens. Right. If you put it out there, meaning you're thinking about it, this is a goal of yours, something you want to achieve. You start making inter incremental decisions now mm -hmm. in your everyday life in order to achieve that goal whether consciously or unconsciously, it's something you're thinking about. So next time mm -hmm. this decision or this opportunity crosses your path, you have to make a decision on it. You choose one way, you choose the other. You start yeah. making a decision that points towards that goal. Yeah. You may never achieve it, but you start making decisions towards it. And that's, that's my thoughts on manifestation. It's like, it's like, it's like uh, vis visualizing it, right? You're, you're just visualizing it yeah. to make it happen. And the more you do that, you visualize it, the more actions you will take yeah. to do it. You and still have to it. action it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think, Paul? I uh, 100% agree. I was, right? I was just kind of just uh, in a daze listening to that stuff. It was, it was really good. I'm like, <laughs> right? I mean, no, it just, it makes sense. Foo-foo lineman out, yeah. <laughs> out here in left field. I yeah. wanted to get your guys' um, feeling on back to our book for a second. Give us a little just a little a break, but there's a, 
Back to the book. Back back to the book. <laughs> Leif does that so great, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, back to the book. Those guys have yelled a lot. <laughs> <laughs> when your voice is naturally that raspy. <laughs> There's a part of our brain and... Oh man, it's called the RAS, and I thought I had it picked here. I'm sorry, guys. If anybody doesn't, it's <laughs> interesting. Match their voice. It's anybody that comes on Jocko's podcast. Like whether Echo, the first time I saw the face to match that voice was like, whoa, <laughs> not what I, not what I expected. We do our, when we do our leadership training. It's the it's one of the first things that that we that we did. We show we show that piece, and it's always the the Jocko Leif. Yeah, and he's like. It just makes you listen. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> how, about, how about the apprentice in the yard? He was a, it was a uh, drill sergeant when he oh, does a safety topic. Yeah, talk he about speaks that. Loud. He's got a nice, nice, loud projecting voice and it, <laughs> we have him read off everything because he's just naturally loud, non-timid kind of guy. So that's that military background coming in handy. Yeah. There's okay. so. What you got? Cut I'm, f- <laughs> hit pause? I'm, using, I'm ready. Can, no, can you hit pause? No, I can't. No, we're good. So. It's about this, uh, this filter we're talking about manifestation and visualizing, excuse me, you know, our success. And when I, this is that book back to the book, um, max out your life Ed Milet. And I love this section because it makes just complete sense for me. So you have a mental filter that can work with you or against you. And this is, this is interesting science for you guys. Um, there's a bundle of nerves at our brainstem called the reticular activating system, the RAS. Okay. That acts as a gatekeeper. This little part of the brain matter is responsible for filtering out the massive amounts of information that your body and the world around it is constantly throwing its way. It filters out all the things that would prove our beliefs false and instead works over time on filtering it in all the things that will prove our beliefs true. Hmm. Your RAS takes what you focus on and creates a filter for it. It then sifts through the data and presents only the pieces that are important to you. And they talk about an example of this in this book, and it's pretty interesting. It's like when you buy a new car, and I just got a new truck, and that truck's always been around. Yeah. yeah. But now that I have it, I see it everywhere I go. And it wasn't like everybody's starting to buy them now. It's my brain filtering the information that now I have this truck. So now I'm looking for it when I see it. It's like someone saying your name in a conversation across the room. Your ears per- perk up because your brain, your RAS system is activating and filtering what you want to listen to. Oh, that's dope. It's dope. And this, it's, it's so interesting to me. And even like on the freeway, it talks about, yeah, when that same car that, that you own, now you see it across the freeway. Several lanes across, there goes your car. Has it ever happened to you? Yeah, yeah, right. It's weird. You get like a little India, so you're like, ah, oh, mine looks a little better. Mine's a little cleaner. My tires a little, <laughs> got a little tread on it. A little tread on it. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't have the, the bins on the side. Yeah. I got my, you know, Ooh, my yeah, tits like though. Yeah. I like that. But if you do that with, like, to your point about visualizing and accepting what you want to take in and then act on it, that's how we can be successful. And I just think it's just amazing how that that whole system works, man. It just it blows my amazing. mind. You can start measuring, uh, yeah. you can start measuring your decisions off of that too. Like, yeah. and making decisions that move towards your goals versus mm-hmm. away from them. Right. Right. But first off you have to set that as a goal. Like you have to think that far out ahead yeah. and you talk about, you talk about being, um, more positive, right? Like if you want to yeah. be a more positive person, look at who you're surrounded by, look at how you're thinking about things, like start in here and start thinking more positively about things. Don't say 
oh, that can't happen to me because maybe, um, you know, maybe your, your mother used to tell you we can't afford that, you know, right. maybe you can't like what's stopping you from the, the money's out there. Why right. can't you afford that? Say I can't afford it. Maybe you can't right now. Say I can. Right. Yeah. And then start making decisions towards that. Right. Instead of saying no, say yes. Yeah. No, it's awesome. I love it. You know, you want to go somewhere in, in this trade too. Same sort of thing. Like you want to be a heli lineman or something, or you just want to be a distribution, distribution lineman, lineman. Like yeah. whatever it is, they're yeah. all great. Start making decisions towards that. You know, that's a good tee up for line work. Um, you know, are you been in the trade? How many years now? 20, 20, 21, 20, 20, 20, yeah, 20 plus years. I'm, I, I actually just got my 25 year pen. Nice. Boy. Wow. That thing was like, you don't look a day over 26. Man. Thank you. You guys hear that? <laughs> Another compliment. <laughs> He's, he does push-ups before he comes in. <laughs> you guys are so yeah. No, actually, like you, I got in pretty early. Cool. Yeah, I got in pretty early, and um, I don't have a cool story of my pops <laughs> owning a line company, but it, you know, I got in doing cable TV. And, cool. But anyways, I've seen a big culture shift, right? We've seen things change, you know, just from the tools, the PPE, to yep. the work practices. Um, where do you think... Just a question, your opinion, you know, where, where do you think we need to improve in more than most? If you could talk about the culture and where it's going and where it's been, where do you think we can improve the most in your opinion? I think the technology in tools, equipment, gear, all mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. I think we're doing fine with that. Mm-hmm. I think it's this that we need to improve. Yeah. We need to get more active as an industry in promoting what we do. If we, if we need a hundred thousand more linemen in the next 10 years, how are you doing that? What's your plan? Like the current method isn't working, you know, how are you going to do this? But everybody needs to get on board with this, Mm -hmm. you know, from the companies, the organizations, the IBW, like everybody has to get on board to partner up with how you're going to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I know that's easier said than done because it's a competitive industry, but so it's, it's this, it's communicating your message. It's finding a message, finding a voice and communicating it and using what's already here, not inventing, reinventing the wheel. Use social media. It's not a woo woo thing anymore. It's not just something some kids do, you know, as a distraction post about their, their weekend hunting trip. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. They're posting about their weekend hunting trip. What does that tell me? That tells me you like hunting. That tells me a way I'm going to connect with you now and better communicate with you help you understand my message because now I got something to connect with you with. I don't know, but it's, it's this. Yeah. I I agree. I agree. What about the, um, I know we share the same passion, mental health, you know, and and being fit for duty and, and all that space. Um, what about the psyche of our our workforce? How do you think we can help with the psyche? Cause there's so much, you know, there's so much distractions, you know, I mean, we talk about, you know, managing, so much of the workforce, we call it marble management, right? You can, the worker can only take That's so good. much at a time, right? How, what do you think about that? How do we, how do we improve the psyche? I mean, it's always conversation too, I, I think, but I, I, I don't have the answer. I just thought maybe we could talk about it. Even, even your, your thoughts, Paul, too, is, you know, how do we improve the psyche? Because at the end of the day, I think that's where the rubber meets the road. It's like you said, the rules, tools, the technology is there. Now it's the mindset of being cut in at the time we're putting our hands on the work. How do we improve that space? man that's that's a that's i know that's heavy i'd be, I'd be um, a millionaire yeah. oh i question i told him we we're gonna go deep i know it, it's good it's a great question he's um, going, he's going. He's su- got. I suffer from it myself um there's been numerous times in the last few weeks i sit 
in my little box in my room mm-hmm. and just had a rough day. Can't get a hold of the kids. You know, like you're just sitting there, your girl's not there. It's not your stuff. It's some, somebody else's bed. You know, it's not your place. It's not your space. You are there day after day, week after week, grinding, giving everything you have from you mm-hmm. for this company or this, the kids or mm-hmm. for everybody else, but you can't do anything for yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's when you turn around and then you get criticized for doing something yourself. Like you go do something and it's like, oh, you're off just doing this. You know, like <laughs> it's shit like that. It doesn't, it yeah. doesn't feed positivity and guys can go into deep, dark places when they're all by themselves. And if you don't have the mental structure to work your way out of that, it's going to lead to bad things. It's going to lead to alcohol abuse, drug abuse, yeah. you know, like whatever abuse you just depression mm-hmm. like and it's something that's not talked about we don't res- we don't even respect it as an industry as a high level industry we we don't respect we expect more out of a person not even less you don't walk up to them and ask them dude like how are you doing and it's you got to be timely on that shit too it's not yeah. like you just walk up into them in the middle of the day when they're focused on what they're doing and they're giving everything of themselves and you're like how are you doing yeah. You know, no, like, how are you doing? Because, mm-hmm. and then the openness to share back about how you're part. actually doing and then get together and like work through it if you can. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's such a deep he- drawing from drawing from other industries as well. Again, like, mm-hmm. like milit like the military, yeah. like they're classic example of going away and doing some crazy shit, getting really messed up mentally and having to come home and deal with that now. Yeah. You know? And how many programs are there out there? How much advice, like, again, from guys like Jocko, like these other leaders in the industry that talk about this, there's a hundred podcasts out there that are top level podcasts that talk about the mental health of that industry every day. Yeah. Are we drawing from that? Are we taking notes on that? Are we trying to apply that to what we're doing and helping people within our industry? Because we struggle with the same sort of stuff. We didn't see dead bodies and things like that, but we're... I'm away from my kids. Yeah. You know, I saw, I've seen my kids two days in the last two months, six days in the last three months. Is that hard? Yeah, absolutely. That is fucking hard. Yep. Absolutely. Well said, man. I think, I think you, I think us as an industry, I think we got to get down to kind of the basics and having those relationships from when you were sitting at the, at the table, listening to stories and conversations and, I firmly believe that. So we have, we have the, um, the confidence to have those conversations, but we also, you know, we're also humble enough to say, Hey, I need some help. You know, I'm dealing with this right now. Totally. Watch my back, you know, or let's, let's talk about it. And I think, I think if we get to that space and like you said, it's, it's dragging in other leaders, um, experts, you know, cause I'm not an expert. Yeah. I'm a guy talking about it. I line work with another guy, oh, right? Totally. I'm not an expert. I, I read books and I quote, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we got to find, we got to, we got to take our, and in training, we got to take our, our next level of apprentices coming through and put them through certain programs. Right. And I got to, I got to really hand it to some of our JTCs. They do a really good job. Yeah. You know, they're talking about bringing in, you know, financial experts and how to talk with, you know, the apprentices about money. Like some of these kids don't need, don't even relationship know. to money's huge. Yeah. And, huge. and how to, what to do with your money. And you really it. leads to a lot of this yeah. mental health issues that are out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and if you look at top, 
top-notch industries, sports teams, that is all available mm-hmm. for those teams, right? I mean, at, at, at any point. And not all the companies have these, you know, help me lines and, you know, employee assistance programs and stuff like that. But I think that, I think there's more to it in that training aspect is setting the foundation and getting ready for when this happens. Yeah. It may not be now. You may be perfectly fine. Let's put, let's put some tools in place to where if something does happen, you got, a, you got an avenue. And how different right? is it when you throw something out there like, Hey, if you need help, call this person. Yeah. You now have to, in a bad mental space, call that person. You have to action that. How often does that happen? Yeah. Instead unlikely. of the other way around, like, Hey, we're running mm-hmm. this program mm-hmm. next week. Yep. Every it's mandatory. Everyone join. Yep. And you it's know, gonna you know set you up. We, we pay you through it, mm-hmm. whatever. And within that you connect with that, what that leader's saying. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And they're like, Hey, after class, if you need a, you know, you need a number. Now all of a sudden you got a relationship. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you can go and make that call because you know, the, you know, the person yeah. they talk to you, you believe in what they said and you felt something. They yeah. tugged a heartstring and now you can go reach out for help. Yeah. It's different. It's like, it's like the true meaning of a brotherhood. You know yes. what I mean? That's actually, that's it right there. being your brother's keeper. That's yeah. exactly it. What do you think, Paul? Where do you, where do you think our culture needs to kind of make the shift and improve on? What do you think we can focus our attention on? I think you guys are all hitting, um, right. Uh, the nail right on the head. It's all, it's all great conversation and just basic yeah. conversation. Just here. You two haven't met before, but still connecting because of your passion for the trade, your passion for, uh, seeing others succeed, um, in life not only in the trade, but uh, you guys share the same passion and, and I can hear right now. It's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, my notes are just filled up. You, I, I need more paper here. <laughs> awesome. Well, man, I'd love to just take a quick pause. You want to take a quick pause? Yeah, we're, after this? we're good. Yeah, take a, I don't know if you sure. know about this segment of the show. I don't know if you listen to it, but we have a cool little segment. We're going to take a, a pause with producer Paul. So we dope. get some questions for the gram and yeah. it's pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, real cool. quick. I got a question for you, Ryan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I personally wouldn't answer this uh, because it is, is a uh, intimate question, um, but you've publicly addressed it. Um, you do publicly say you have a, a learning roadblock in dyslexia. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, there's a lot to be said about that because you've taken a role from in the tools to the back office being management into a um, training position now where you're a lead instructor, congratulations. Sure. Um, and you run a successful business and a podcast with dyslexia. Um, I know there's going to be people out here listening that could have some hesitancy to further their career because of that, mm-hmm. that uh, roadblock. What's your advice to them? Or, or how, how, do you, how do you see those challenges and how do, you, how do you overcome them? Awesome. Can answer this one for sure. Um, it's non-diagnosed. So I, wanna, I want everyone to know that. It's just me self-diagnosing there's an issue with, with reading. I read really slow. My eyes bounce all over the page. Spreadsheets kill me. I, mm-hmm. I look at the top corner, the bottom corner. I read something in the middle. Like it's, it's horrible. Um, really have a hard time focusing. What I've always done in my approach to leadership is facilitating is recognizing people's strengths and then facilitating them to excel in the things they do well. That in turn has helped make me successful. So if I, if I can't do the math, I find a guy that can really do the math. I try to run it out the best I can. And I'm like, Hey, could you, ju- could you check this over for me? Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I accept that humbly accept that. Like I'm not the best in the room, but I can help facilitate everybody working together to get this job done the best it can. Because I like to try to put people in the positions that they excel in. 
I don't know if that helps answer your question. That's helped get me through. I mean, well said by a true leader. I mean, that's leadership is putting people in positions where they're successful, you know, and writing that out and and making sure that they are successful. I don't ever say like, I I got this. This is what I'm really good at. Like, (laughs) no, it's like, what are you good at? Yeah. What are you good at, Paul? Okay. You're good at audio video. You're my audio video guy. You know, (laughs) if it's not you, what you want to do, I'm sorry. You're really good at it. You're going to do this right now because I need this job done and you're the best one there. Yeah. You know? Cool. Thank you for sharing that. I know, awesome. I know it's kind of, well uh, it's a taboo subject to, uh, for anyone to kind of, to uncloak their, their, don't their. be scared of it. That's so I, I, I say this to students too. I, I open most, uh, classes at the beginning saying, Hey guys, if you have a learning disability and you've never told anybody about it, but you struggle, we're here to help you get through the program. We will do things like I, if, if tests, if you struggle at tests, I hate tests. I hate them so much. I said, we can go out and we'll put, we'll get you separated from the distraction of the rest of the class. We'll get a little private room. We'll sit in there. I'll sit, I'll monitor, like I'll, I'll make sure I'll proctor the exam, make sure you're not cheating, but we'll get rid of the distractions. It's just you, your brain in that room, you know, we'll help work. Don't be scared to like do it basically don't think that you can't get into the industry because maybe there's a heavy math component or something and you're scared of doing that because there's people out there that will help you but be honest and open with those people and say hey i really do struggle with this and i need help getting through i'm smart i can do this i'm creative i'm a builder blah 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 yeah just don't be afraid to say that to people i think they hide it right they're ashamed of it like don't be don't be ashamed of it because like you're great at something I promise. Well said. Even me? <laughs> Good. Thank you. Well said, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> cool. All right. We're going to lighten it up here. Uh, we got some, I have some questions, uh, lighten the mood. Uh, we got some questions from the gram and then we'll get into raw. Raul recommends. I forgot to prep you on it. So uh, while we're, uh, he's, he's, he's a pro. A pro. All right, here we go. Um, we're lining it up. Here we go. Uh, you're having guests over for the holidays. Are all you with me still? All right. Um, and you're going first anyways. You're tasked with cleaning. What chore are you trying to get out of roll? Oh my gosh. Uh, what am I getting out of? Um, I, most people would say dishes at this point, but I'm going to be honest with everybody. I have no problem with doing the dishes and by hand, even after like a big party. No problem. It's, it's, it's like me and it's a task. I'm focused on it and I'm getting down on those dishes. So um, I guess that making the food would probably be the one thing I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to be in the kitchen all day making food. I don't know. I think that's not the question, No, that's a good way. <laughs> but that's a good way of spinning it because I can't really think of something that, you know, yeah. It's, Do you have a meticulous, uh, I'll go back to your dish washing. <laughs> I don't want to tweak out on my dishes. <laughs> so what is it like Uh warm temperature, half filled Don? So I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, Ryan, <laughs> which one are you going to have? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get out of cleaning the house. Okay. <laughs> I got to take the, I'll be outside, man. Cause what happens before that, like what happens before that is everybody in the house runs around like crazy, trying to make everything absolutely perfect. So everything's dialed. Everything's in place. looks beautiful. You've spent like probably an entire day cleaning your house. And within three hours, it's destroyed. You had 18 kids (laughs) running around. You had everybody is over. Everything's a disaster. Everything. And then they all leave. Yeah. Great dinner. You worked really hard to make it Uh, great dinner, great environment, great time. Everyone leaves and you're just like, God, who threw the frag grenade in? (laughs) (laughs) It's clean. It's clean the house after the whole event. What about you? 
<laughs> wow. Uh, I'm trying, to, I'm trying yeah. to disappear. I'm trying to go to my brother's house for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just got a call. I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah. I got a car hit pole, baby. We got to go. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, it's canceled. <laughs> but I drove to town. All right. Next question. Here we go. Um, uh, this question is a little biased, and I hope you guys, you guys challenge yourselves. You guys both look nervous, so I like this. <laughs> we'll go with Ryan first. What has been the greatest invention, Ryan? Greatest invention? Yep. Oh, damn, yeah, I'm a little biased on that one. <laughs> God, greatest invention. Let's just go with the engine. Like, dang, man, I, I like engines. I like riding dirt bikes. I haven't done it in a long time, but it's on my list of things to do again when I get to it. Like driving cars, like driving trucks. You're a, you're a junkie, uh, gearhead, whatever. Not really, but I, I like automobiles. So let's go with automobile. So you're not getting a, are you getting an electric vehicle anytime soon? You still dude. I want to, I want a Tesla Cybertruck. Yep. I put in for it. Um, I think, uh, number 200,003 or something like that. (laughs) Still still waiting for it. (laughs) I seen they just dropped a, uh, dirt bike too. But it's like, it's dope. It's sick. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'd sign up for that. Everyone's like, oh, thing looks so ugly. I'm like, right on, bring it on. The world needs to change. <laughs> All right, Raul, uh, what's your greatest invention? Oh, opinion? man, I think. I, electricity. Electricity. <laughs> 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 no, I, I don't know. It's, it's got to be the cell phone, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I mean, man, it's something that's, yeah. I mean, the cell phone is really game changing. It's, I hate it at times. Don't get me wrong. Like, I wish it would be throwing the trash but it's got to be the cell phone i don't know if that's what you're looking for it's way better than the pager we were using you know what's cool is like <laughs> we can actually remember a time without it right you know that is cool and i try to think about that sometimes like what did i do yeah <laughs> when you ever uh, go to the toilet and you forget it are you just like damn it <laughs> what am i supposed to do now <laughs> what do i do like i guess i gotta get it over this get this over with quick but jeez <laughs> so raw so, now i know where you're replying now you guys know where uh, ryan's playing your dms at all right oh that's funny what about you i'm uh, getting out of this question how, this I'm, is not I'm, my show i, I want to hear your answer on this one um uh, maybe <sighs> The barbecue. The barbecue. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. I, barbecue. Did I not call? Oh, how about how about Ooh, fire? <laughs> yeah, call <Come on>, fire. Greatest <laughs> yeah. invention. Fire. The wheel. <laughs> the wheel. Greatest invention since the wheel. I don't hear that anymore. All right, cool. Uh, I was kind of I was kind of nervous about that question, but it worked. Turned out great. Yeah, it did. All right, Roll. I asked you guys. Awesome. I, I used you. I asked you and Roger about um, uh, hamburgers last week. Okay. The other week. Okay. About the last episode. Uh, Roll. Build a pizza. Oh man, that's easy. Let's go then. I'm gonna lose some listeners. I know it. I know me too. <laughs> from being from California, um, I'm going pepperoni and pineapple. Oh, that's good. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put some red peppers on top, crushed. What's the crust like? Thin. thin it's crust? going. I'm going thin. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You got a spot uh, that you like? Straight up I, Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great. That was a great Damn. cartoon, man. Um, I lived Ninja on, Turtle. Would you be? Oh, it's got to be You're uh, Michelangelo. My, everybody loved Michelangelo, right? You're Michelangelo. Don, Donatello was that kind of okay. Uh, my spot. It's got. I like Blaze. It's quick. I mean, it's kind of new. Yeah. Um, if I'm ordering, it's going to be uh, Papa John's. That's pretty good. Yeah, Papa John's. But if I'm going to go pick it up, it's going to be Blaze. Cool. Yeah. All right, Ryan, what you got? Mm-hmm. I'm going to lose listeners too, especially <laughs> sorry all you uh, avocado, broccoli eating Californians. Um, 
I'm going to go with anything that's got like lots of meat on it. Just oh, like lo- loaded up with sausage and not sliced sausage. Like when you break sausage open and put it all on there and um, ground beef, the whole nine pepperoni yeah, ham. Load that thing up with me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, some sort of like sweet drizzle on there too. Oh, you know, like a little balsamic. Yeah, something like that on there. I don't know. Get creative. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the one you got to fold because that oh, sucker's yeah, no, dumping yeah, out. No, yeah, you're folding it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good job. Do, do you guys have Blaze pizza no. out there in Texas or is that a California thing? I don't thing? recognize it, but no? it might, might be there. Might be just California. I'm going stop by Blaze on the way. It's still, yeah, it's yeah. not bad. I like it. It's good. All right, uh, what you got? But sometimes I do like a greasy gut buster. <laughs> what about you? Where are you going for pizza? Uh, where am I going? Uh, mm-hmm. Dude, honestly, I've been on a Little Caesars kick. <laughs> little Caesars? Yeah, like a hot and nasty. The hot and ready? A hot and nasty, I call it. <laughs> With the, some breadsticks. Oh, dude. I can tell. I used to love. <laughs> When's the last time you went to the gym? <laughs> Why are you taking my line? Every, every time we end a meeting, before we hit, I see him go hit exit. I'm like, go hit the gym. <laughs> and you can Jerk. see his face. Bro, you're looking small. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I know with roll it, I know it irks him, so I just keep doing it. All right, enough about me. All right, um, roll first. Yes. Here we go. I got mm-hmm. a few more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are having too much fun. How would you describe a VHS and a video rental store to uh, a generation? This generation, like what it was? Yeah, how do you? Dude, it? I'm generation blockbuster, so I mean, it's hard, huh? The car, like, like what it is. Yeah, how do you just like just describe like describe it to me? I'm I'm I'm. If someone asked me what is I'm a VHS, I'm 15 years old. I'm I'm 13 years old. Yeah, what's a VHS? What's funny is I had to do this with my daughter. She's like, "What are you talking about? You had to go rent videos." Um, well, it's a. <laughs> it looks like a tape. Well, it's well, a tape. It's a tape. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucked that up. Um, it's a. Uh, you want me to get measurements? <laughs> it's an eight track with, uh, I don't know. I mean, how would you describe that? It is fucking a pretty good question. Um, so you're a blockbuster guy. Used to love it. I used to love going to the blockbuster store. Dude, like the that. block. I mean, I remember like the, that, that would be a date for me, you know, yeah. like, Hey, you want to pick up a video? Yeah. <laughs> that little room in the back. This, you're always curious yeah. about. So oh, the block. beads. Yeah. <laughs> Why's that guy coming out of there? How come the same guy's always in there? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't know how I would have to pass. I don't know how I would. I'm done. I'm All right, Ryan. going to blank here. Show me how it's done. Show me how it's done. So back in the day, <laughs> movies didn't just show up on a device. There actually was no devices. Yeah. I remember my, my father coming home with television, like every time a new TV come out and it like, he, I remember he bought like a 60 inch TV and it was the entire back of his pickup truck, like an F-350. <laughs> this was a 60-inch TV. And getting that thing in the house was good. getting a grand piano in the house. This is what I tell him. And then to rent a movie to watch on that TV. So first off, we only had two channels. And you had to, first TV was turn the dial. You were 52 channels apart. It was like channel two and channel like 53. So you are going back. <laughs> yeah, man. And then... And they can go even further back. And then in, in order to get a movie, you had to go to a store and then you had to walk around that store and you had to find a movie and the movie, there was only so many of them. And if you didn't, if you missed it, they only had 10, they were all rented. You couldn't watch that movie for a week. You had to put your name on a list to get that movie. You had to reserve <laughs> the movie God, and then go back that. to the store God, I remember that. to get it. Yeah. So you get it, you take it and you put it in the machine and the guy, the guy that rented it before you didn't rewind it. 
Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like you had to press this button and it like wound the tape back. Be kind, rewind. <laughs> Be kind, rewind. <laughs> I love and then it. you wash. And then if it was all fuzzy, you'd eject this tape. You'd flip it open and you'd <laughs> blow on it. You'd put <laughs> like the old Nintendo. You would really worked. You'd put it back. <laughs> it seemed to work as the magic touch. And that's how. You, and then you had to remember to return the movie. And if you didn't return it, they would charge you late fees. So that was like yes. a three day rental, and a one day was like ninety nine cents. That was cool. I don't know about you guys. Like when I walked in, I went straight to the new releases. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. Straight to the new releases. I didn't mess with that other stuff. <laughs> but the older releases were a little cheaper, so it was kind of. I always used to do. You guys, it. Do you actually own any VHS? Do you Not guys save any of them? Yep. Wow. Do you? Yep. Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em Hockey. We used to get that for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up Canadian. That's Everyone awesome. else was like, what? Rock'em Sock'em what? Yeah. What about CDs? You guys in the CD game? I still got those. You still got them? Yeah. I got yeah. my DVDs still too. That's another one. DVDs. I can't. Kids. I don't. We don't have. We don't use them. But I definitely have boxes of them. I don't even know what I'm going to do with them. Raoul's Rockin' Summer Mix. <laughs> <laughs> Volume 5. It's like a time vault when you open that box. Stuffed in the visor. That was the same thing with the CD. Visor. Yeah, all the way around the truck. I remember my sister had the the six-disc changer in the back of her Honda Civic. Oh, yeah. And that was like Oh, my notch. God. The six-disc changer. How about the six-disc uh, DVD player, too? That was... Oh, the spins? The spins. Oh, that's that was rad. <laughs> you were rich. <laughs> you were rich. <laughs> All right, next question. Here we awesome. go. Uh, Ryan, and then we'll, we'll roll. Uh, this is kind of off to switch it up a little bit. All right, Ryan, congratulations. You've uh, recorded 80 episodes on yourself. I know you have different series, uh, the Lion Wife episodes, and yep. you have the uh, American Lion series, uh, but you yourself have recorded 80 podcast episodes. Which episode stands out to you the most? Oh, man. I, and I don't want to disrespect any. Like, it's, it's That's sure, tough. Yeah. It's sure. tough. Yeah. That's um, tough. There's been so many great episodes. Um, I got to say, I, I really appreciate Dave Fossa. And whenever he comes on with something to say, it's very well planned out, well thought out. And it's, I can go really technical with him because he's got that kind of brain and we can, we can dive deep into topics like grounding and bonding. And there's hardly anything that you can't throw at him that he doesn't kind of have a good solid answer for or say like, I need to get back, back at you with that one. I appreciate his episodes. Um, uh, other ones that have done extremely well are like Ben Holmes. I've had him on twice. Um, I love his perspective on things, his ability to just say yes, to depart from one area of the world, depart from California, go all the way to Texas to do his apprenticeship. And now he's back here, but he's not back here doing the heli stuff, the sweet looking stuff. He's down in the trenches doing underground city, of San Francisco, like getting after it, learning something completely new. So sharing that to the world was a good message. So I, I appreciate those episodes, but honestly not disrespecting any of the guests I've had um, some personal ones that I really enjoyed too, but they were more personal ones than did really well. Um, was like having guys like JP Donnell on yeah. like just such, I spent a large portion of my life listening to the things that they have to say. So I actually get those guests on the show. Mike Bledsoe is another one. Uh, um, just uh, really cool. Lots, yeah. so many cool moments. It's hard to, hard to pin it down. And yeah, Absolutely. every one of them have been really good. Awesome. Well, we got a little bit of a smaller pie, but uh, would you, would you have any standout conversations? It's well, it's hard. It's, um, Kind of like what Ryan said, you know, they're, they're all unique in their own way. Sure. Um, I do like listening. Um, I, I, although the, the host was rough on the first one, Pat Lavin, episode one, I really liked Pat's stories. Um, 
you know, hearing those old stories from, you know, him growing up and what I, what I appreciate about it is, you know, I didn't know that those stories, Mm -hmm. you know, there was times we talked about it, but to talk even more further, you know, how we grew up and I I just, I truly enjoy it. Um, But Ryan asked me a question earlier when we were kind of getting ready to start this podcast and it's, you know, the, the guests that aren't in our industry are, are very unique for me because it makes me um, prep more. It makes me help me understand a different side of our business, you know, and how to apply it. Um, so all of them are unique. Are, are unique. Uh, when we have linemen on the show, yep. I can't I can't discredit that conversation because I know that's I think where the most value is for all of our listeners, even for myself, is is having those culture conversations with the guys that are actually in the field. Um, I think that's a there's a lot of value in that. Yeah. Cool. I know. But I got to say, uh, just not because he's sitting here. This is actually a, a great podcast with Ryan right now. I, I mean that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's cool. All right, uh, we got some questions from the gram. Uh, if you're not familiar with this, we do uh, offer you guys opportunity to ask questions to uh, uh, Ryan and or sometimes Raul. Um, so here we go. It wasn't underscore Rue underscore. We got you right here. Anything you wish you knew before getting into the industry, Ryan? What did I wish I knew, man? It's been so I grew up with it. It's hard to, uh, okay, if I put myself in that position, uh, something I knew. Okay. Expect, expect to be gone. Don't, don't expect to walk in and change the industry. I guess that's a better wow. way to phrase it. Don't walk in expecting that you're going to be able to, oh, I'm going to be able to stay home and do this or do that. Or I'm going to be able to go to these concerts. I want to go to all the time. Like I'm going to change the industry when I get into it. No, you're jumping into an industry that's well established. And if you want to change it like that, get in, get in line. We're all trying to change it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, don't don't expect to change it overnight. It's it's gonna change you. You're not gonna change it. Cool. Thank you. Nice. Roll anything to add? No, nice. well said. Cool. Let's move on. Man, I gotta <laughs> I challenge you a little more. Yeah, well said. I mean uh Paul's brain, our uh, famous uh project manager here, Third and Electric California. Mm-hmm. Always uh always uh being engaged. Ryan, what quote would you say you frame your mentality around participating uh, pertaining to Outlook? Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly horrible at remembering quotes. Um, I just, I will reference a book. I can't remember exact quotes from it, but I really enjoyed this book and it's completely changed my outlook on things lately. It's called winning. Um, um, oh, yeah. Tim, Tim Grover, Tim Grover, yeah, Tim Grover. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hundred percent changed my outlook on things lately. I just list, just finished listening to that a couple of weeks ago such, and such a good book. So, so <laughs> good. If you want so to challenge solid. yourself. Just that yeah. book, you can take any quote from it or go to Tim Grover's uh, social media, take any of his quotes. They're amazing. They'll, they'll rock your world. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, you have a uh, book or a quote that you refer to for your, uh, your outlook, man, I keep extreme ownership on my desk. <laughs> I mean, and I think a lot of people listen, obviously our listeners know that and our leadership knows that. I mean, when I have meetings, I'm referencing it constantly, the leadership principles. I don't know about the quotes, so to speak, but there's so much value in every decision that I have to make that I know is going to be impactful. I'm looking at kind of direction. And, you know, as you know, we, I kind of turned into a field manual. So I've tabbed it and I can get, I can reference it real fast. It's not really designed to that, but I like going to the application of the business and and really really following the principles. Cool. That's great so, that you do that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I got the book. I'll just show it to you. Yeah, uh, we're all provided to all pretty much leadership. Mm-hmm. Tabbed it out. It's pretty cool. Uh, anyways, uh, John underscore Chacon ten. Uh, Ryan, this pertains to you. What's the biggest difference in working from Canada to the United States? Man, line works. Line work is line work. No matter where you go around the world, 
Uh, I've met quite a few different line workers from around the world and we're all the same fundamentally. Um, Canada is, is just smaller, uh, not geographically, but population wise, we're just smaller. You could fit the entire population of Canada into California. Like California has more people in it than Canada. Oh, I know they're on the freeway. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) always. And so just that aspect alone, like you just guys have more infrastructure. Um, definitely more different ways of doing things, whether it's framing standards or actually how to do the job. It's just way more to see and experience. So encourage any Canadian, if you have the opportunity to travel, do it because we have like, unless you get in the cities and there's not very many of them, like British Columbia, massive, like mm-hmm. takes you three days to drive from the bottom to the top going steady. Whoa. You know, one major city. That's it. Vancouver, one major city, you know? So if you don't work in the city of Vancouver, you're working in rural communities, basically. Mm. So move to move that to the United States. Like how many major cities do you have? How much crazy infrastructure have you built out there? It's massive. So like just that experience alone, I'd, I'd encourage any Canadian to come down to the United States just to experience the different ways to do things. Cool. Wow. Well said. Uh, last question here from question from the gram. Garcia 10, Jason, um, what made you love the trade? What mindset did you keep along the way your whole journey? What made me love the trade? God, the second, the second I put hooks on and climbed a pole and then went out and worked on my first job that was just in the middle of nowhere. You know, you shut the trucks off. There's no noise. It's birds and it's, the people you have beside you, you know, it's those experiences you share together doing a job. Like that's what it's all always been about for me. Like that bond that you build with those people that you do that work with is like no other. You spend an uh, an enormous amount of time with them doing cool work. And then you get to hang out with them. If you like them, you're on the road, you hang out with them after you get to know who they are. Like you just build this bond that's different from a lot of other industries. So it's that thing that keeps me kind of engaged with this trade. It's just different than anything else. It's a great way to make a life. Cool. Roll anything to add? Yeah. I mean, perfectly said, um, it's gotta be the, the relationships along the way, you know, um, building those relationships and sustaining them and, and then just, you know, continuing to, um, have that camaraderie, you know, I mean, I, one of my best friends was my apprentice, you know, back in the day to this day. And we hang out and as long as you can, and I still build new friendships along the way, you know, telling stories and on finding mentors, you know, and when mentors is another, another thing, you know, when you find those, those, those mentors along the way and you keep them and you can always call them and rely on them and they become father figures. And I wouldn't have found that without this trade. And I think that's what we need to get back to is looking for those relationships, capitalizing on those along the way in a good way, and then passing that same mentality to the next guy. And that's what was done to me when I was coming up. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely relationships. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well said. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you guys for submitting your questions. We're going to send you some swag. I encourage all of you listeners to uh, uh, submit a question when uh, opportunity comes. Uh, we got some good swag. We'd like to send to you guys. All right. Last uh, segment. Or last segment I got for me, for myself, my selfish self. Uh, Roll recommends. What about you? What what keeps you going? This, this, this camaraderie, this, this conversation, this, this passion. Uh, Guys stopping me at the yard, 
other guys uh, recognizing what we're doing. It's great to hear that. Um, it's just, it's amazing. It's truly humbling. Um, I would have never, I mean, we just started this February um, and it's, 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 it's snowballed into something we couldn't even imagine. And uh, talking to Ryan, it, it's a great, um, it's great to solidify that what we're doing is, is for the right reason. And we do hold uh, uh, the integrity of the trade and, and we're all passionate about the trade and when we do anything. So um, we hope, we hope that shows. So awesome. Uh, Roll recommends what you got, buddy. Here we go. So I've been quoting um, Mass, Max Out Your Life by Ed Milet. And guys, this is um, this is something that came out in 2018. And I still reference it um, as I am today. And it's it's just a great book. The dude is. He's great. He's one of the top. I think he's yeah. one of the richest guy. Most 50 and over. I mean, the dude's he's got, got great social media too. Great social media. He's a, he's a leader. And this book max out your life is actually free. Oh, wow. Damn. And it's, as you guys can, you know, guys can see here, it's not a hard read. I think yeah. I did it in an hour. It's a hundred pages. Um, it's, it's got some great content and I, it, and if I would, I'll just take just a second to go over some of the table of contents. Cause I think it's just a, a great book. Go to maxoutbook.com. There you go. Ed Milet for you, but yeah, you're doing good for the shout outs now. Oh, I know, right? I'm trying to get some, trying to get some, <laughs> some exposure. Maybe we can get Ed to come out to our I got safety meeting. I got um, so it's got it's kind of like a field manual. It's pretty cool, easy to read. Max out your day, uh, max out your mind. It's got cool tips in there. Max out your confidence, which I referenced. Um, max out your bench press. Funny you mentioned that. Page seventy three. Max out your body. Damn. Um, max out your goal setting. And uh, max out your will to win, which we'll get into a little bit later. But cool, yeah. So that's my recommend cool, recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, what you got? What are you recommending? I I recommended it already, and I'll reiterate that: read winning, hundred percent read winning by Tim Grover. A solid Kobe Bryant's personal trainer, Michael Jordan's personal trainer. Like enough said, he built those two people or helped build those two people into the major mindset success stories they were. So cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, we got to hear. Um, have you read the, his first book? Relentless. Relentless. Yes, I have read. Yep. So, so awesome. good. Yeah. You can just, just take both of those and just spend the, yeah. spend the time reading them. I think, and if you want to go deeper with them too, like yeah. I think he has some programming as well that you can, so you can purchase. I'm not going to promote the hell of them that way, but like <laughs> yeah. if you want to go deeper, like I think he can take you even deeper too. So, which is yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, before I go, Ryan Roll's going to wrap this up. Um, but I want to personally thank you for coming out. Um, um, there's a lot to learn from you. Um, I I want, like I said, I want to thank you. I think the industry owes you a big thank you. You've been a voice for the industry. Uh, you're a spokesperson, you're ambassador, you're recruiter. Uh, you've always had great intentions. There was no, there's no design playbook to do this. You're doing a great job, my man. Keep it up. Um, you attract a generation, uh, your, your message attracts a generation that, that we need help influencing and, and getting the right people into this trade. And you do it, you do it with, with passion and love. So I, I appreciate everything you do, man. Uh, thanks for coming out, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. No, th- well said. I like yeah. that ambassador. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Right? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's moving. Honestly. If you, I love if it. If you hear the behind the shield podcast, which is great, you're, you're speaking to a, a firefighter a retired firefighter, yeah. and he's basically kindergarten our industry to sell it. it. It's, it's amazing. And it's a very done. It's Ryan does it in an eloquent way. Um, Absolutely. He, I love that podcast. It's so. great. It's great. And, and mm-hmm. uh, James it, is a good dude. Yeah. It's really good. How'd you hook up with him? <laughs> you I, put, well, I, put, I, putting, I guess when I listened to it, yeah. It, so you just reached out to you, right? There's a goal yeah. that I actually wrote down. 
Mm-hmm. I wrote it down in a journal when I first started. His podcast was one that I listened to all the time. So I wrote it down. I want to be on Behind the Shield podcast and as well as interview James Gearing. One day I was driving down mm-hmm. to my folks place in Vancouver and I read on my watch pops up message from behind the shield just randomly DM'd me. And I was like pulled over and I read it. <laughs> He's like, do you think you'd have a moment to talk? You know, I ended up yeah. blah, 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 in the spiel. He reached out to me and that was a goal that I had set that I want to be on that show. So he asked me if I'd like to be on the show. He's like, I always have firefighters on. I look for people in other industries. Wow. You know, we work with linemen all the time. I found your podcast, blah, blah, blah. Would you like to be on the show? And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. And then maybe yeah. you could be on mine as well. He's like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So just he's smooth, isn't he? Yeah, totally. Dude, awesome. He's so good. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he's so good. And had some amazing, amazing yeah. guests on his show too. So. He yeah. knew a lot about the industry without really knowing a lot. He was yeah. really, you can he's, tell he's really smart. He's really entertaining clever guy. too. Yeah, really, really clever, well, they, entertaining. They, firefighters work with us, right? Like yeah. they, they, they yeah. talk to us all the time too. Yeah. You know, you get on sites together and you understand you know, they take training courses on electricity. Like mm-hmm. they got a good understanding of what it is that we do. So, yeah. Yeah. man, well, thank you for coming out. Like, yeah. like I started the show, like I'm, I'm really happy that you came, yeah. but I'm even more happy that we had the conversation and we're going to go have some lunch now, I which is going to be cool. I, I, know you're probably I really appreciate you guys. I want, I want to finish out the he's show. Like Texas time. He's <laughs> yeah, he is on Texas. Time. You're really Sorry, hungry. I worked that out. We didn't even talk about the barbecue he's eating. I thought you were going to have a barbecue question. Oh yeah. Next time. We got to get him out next time. Oh, it's more Mexican food, right? No, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been, uh, intermittent fasting. <laughs> Are you doing intermittent fasting? Yeah. Look at him, man. He's a specimen. Like he's a specimen. <laughs> I'm, I'm a well-marbled <laughs> specimen. <laughs> I'm on that Wagyu side. <laughs> that Wagyu side. Um, I want to go back to our book to finish the show here up a little bit, guys, just to, um, you know, like I started, you know, Ryan, you're, you're very confident in a good way. You're very humble. And I do believe that our trade needs that. And so, guys, I'm going to give them a little promotion here. Like, go check out Powerline Podcast. It is great. It's entertaining. And you're doing it in every right way, man. And, 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 and I find a lot of value in it. So thank you. That. I really do appreciate it, thank man. Um, but I want to talk about maxing out your day. And, um, cause you are very successful and I, I, I do classify you as an elite performer. Thank you. And like, um, Paul called you an ambassador. I totally agree with that, man. Um, I think you are an ambassador of our trade. Um, but when you talk about, uh, maxing out your day and being an elite performer, you got to have habits, good habits and rituals. And to be successful, there's only really two things that matter when it comes to being successful. And I think you found that we talked about a lot today. And first one being the reasons why you are doing it and the results. We are all naturally programmed to have routines and habits. Habits are a a preview of our future. It is critical that you master them so you don't, so they don't master you. Take an inventory of what your current habits are, your rituals are, one you might not have previously been aware of and begin taking steps to immediately control them. And our conversation this entire time, man, has been improving the trade and, and, and doing stuff to better it and improve it. And I firmly believe it's what you're doing. So thank you, man. I, I, I really do appreciate you, what you're doing. I really appreciate you. Do. Yeah. do you have any final message for anybody you'd like to talk about? Oh, man. Um, Where people can find you? Yeah. Please. People can find me at uh, Powerline Podcast on Instagram, TikTok. I'm Ryan W. Lucas reach out to me on any of those platforms is the easiest way to get a hold of me. If you have questions, I try to answer every question that comes along. There's uh, a few, I say that very humbly <laughs> and thankfully, you know, 
there is people out there that reach out, but I'll try to, I'll try to get to your questions. And if you're going to fire questions, like what do I got to do to get into the trade? Um, I'd suggest just going to the content uh, of any of us for that information Mm -hmm. uh, versus just throwing out the DM. Um, Try my hardest to make more content around how to do that, but uh, it's available. That part's available. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Just appreciate each and every one of you. Yeah. There's also a program that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. uh, Through the um, veterans program. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. If I could Mm -hmm. just talk about that for two seconds. Um, There's a program called the veteran electrical entry program, the VEEP program. And this has been amazing for me because I've personally helped a few veterans now get into the trade. And this is something that veterans, you hear it. Like I know a few, I'm not a veteran myself, but I understand a re-entry into a world that's kind of unfamiliar, not from the perspective of somebody from the military, but I get it. I can, I can connect with you on that level. So finding an industry and a career path that gives you a new excitement, a new mission in life is a major thing for helping improve mental health, you know, helping just improve somebody's life all, all around, right? So this veteran program, VEEP, is an IBW program. And Quanta has come on board with this program and go and, and connected with, with VEEP and the IP, IBW to go, okay, if you allow this, and I'll talk about that in a second, we will give the veteran that applies to this program free tools, free training in an IBW accredited program. So when they go through this 15-week program with Quanta, they will come out as anywhere from a first to a second step apprentice. So they'll already apprentice, an IBW apprentice, and they'll get to primarily go to the region of their choice. Not every region is on board with this yet, but I believe five of the regions are. So the IBW has gone, this is an amazing opportunity for veterans. We support that and um, we will help facilitate that. So they take the veterans that go through this program, Quantas program, and they will try to get them into the IBW region of their choice. So amazing, amazing opportunity to do to to get into this industry right if you're a vet straight like we get them like literally put down their m4 on friday join the program on monday and now they have an opportunity at a career that is like and we talk about we're passionate about the career like you look at how exciting line work is you know maybe it doesn't match the military but you know it's pretty freaking close you got that opportunity you know, working at heights, working with high voltage electricity, working with helicopters, like whatever aspect of life that you want, this trade can kind of provide that if you get into it. So Sounds like awesome really, program. really, really great opportunity, really great program. And um, yeah, just super cool to see. I've personally seen um, people that have reached out to me randomly on Instagram mm-hmm. say, Hey, I want to get into this trade. How do I get into it? And I'll just scope their Instagram out and be like, Hey, it looks like you're a vet. You're a vet. And I get them hooked up into the program. They still have to apply. They still have to say all the right things and do all the right things and get in. But if they get in, it's life changing. It's changed their life, man. Mm -hmm. Like they did not know where they were going in life. And now they're in line work set up. It's the same opportunities we all had here. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's awesome. And spend for a vet, you know? You know, like people might get upset, like, well, what, you know, why do they get the opportunity? Why I don't, you know, if you're a non-vet, it's because they signed up, they put their hand up, you know, yeah, they did something. 
they did something for the country and for everybody Serve else. Country. And now it's, it's a good way to give back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We also have the same program here in California too, for all our groundmen too, you cool. know, same thing. I think we talked about it a little bit, yeah. but yeah, it's, um, Paul, are you going to talk about that? It's kind of, yeah, you're able to, as you get out of the military, you can come out and sign book one. Right. Yeah, as, as a groundman, uh, I yeah. experienced it myself yeah. uh, being a veteran uh, with the DD-214. Uh, mm-hmm. Our local allows you to uh, have, um, what's the word, have a uh, hiring advantage. That's probably the wrong word. I'm sorry, but uh, you it's do. book one status, right? Book, you get a book one status on mm-hmm. with the DD-214. Uh, I do believe it has to be on roll or general uh, discharge uh, for that status. But uh, yeah, it's, it's great. It, it catapulted my career. Uh, book three is, is, is a, a pit of a, uh, of a. Uh, length of people. So uh, to get that book one status is really helpful in your career. So absolutely. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, you didn't mention electriclifeshop.com. Let's talk about that. Cause you got some yeah. killer swag on there, dude. Oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for what that. you brought out for us too. <laughs> that, Swag's on point. Oh man. Swag is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, everyone loves swag. <laughs> I started this all on my own and everything I've done has been myself and my girl to every aspect. Um, it, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of energy to do it all. I've done a lot of it for free. I put thousands of dollars of my own money into doing this because I'm passionate about it. It's giving back. So I'm not, I'm doing this without expectation, but if you would like to support the show, I have a good way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> visit, visit electriclifeshop.com or you can find it powerlinepodcast.com as well. I've got swag on there that's built for the line industry. I've been redesigning some things, making things that I'd like to wear. And if you like it, that's a great way to support. So you can go there and it's all in Canadian dollars. So, you know, you guys, <laughs> it looks good for you guys. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, I appreciate what you're doing. Cool. Uh, all our listeners, like, you know, like you say, dude's doing it on his own, man. Let's show him some support. Get on there. Electric, Get some swag, you appreciate know, that. appreciate it, man. Um, Paul, you have fun. You ready? Wrap yeah, this, this was, up. This was awesome, brother. Yeah. This was. This is why we. St- this is why. This is why I envisioned starting this. This podcast. Yeah. Just these conversations. Oh, so yeah. it's it's awesome. So I think we just. Uh, I think we just grow from here. So as industry, we got to do this again. Yeah, I think I think Ryan's definitely a candidate we bring or a guest or a friend at this point. We uh, have to. We may have to go do a road show out in Texas. Let's go. Hey, these mics travel, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, dude, I'm down. I'm down. I need. I need both of you on the show as well. This is how awesome. we, we got to do this together, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. We each got our own things going on, and that's great. And and I'm happy for anybody's success. Like I don't beat on anybody's success. If you're successful, I'm happy yeah. for you. We also got to do this together. We got to stick yeah. together. Yeah. Absolutely. Takes the village. Dude, thanks for coming out. Yeah. You're awesome. Again, awesome. it's been a fun time. Totally. I want to, I mean, we share some promotional partners, so I'm going to go through those real yeah. quick. Uh, I want to just uh, shout out here to uh, at Jelco Safety, working athlete. You like sense. that stuff? Absolutely. Love it. <laughs> my boys. I know. Those dudes are awesome. Um, power, the, use the promo code Power Element, get you 20% off um, when you guys do that. Uh, alternating current line clothing, uh, lineman owned company there. And our new, we've got some new promotional partners here, Klein Tools. Yeah, come on. Damn, what you know about Klein Tools? <laughs> right? You like them? Yeah. Might have heard of them. <laughs> you might have heard of them. Once or twice. <laughs> uh, we got a cool one here. Uh, Co Eyewear. Uh, Cody, uh, lineman out in Southern California here. Uh, use Power Element, uh, Co Eyewear, get you 15% off, and Superior Glove. Some good gloves there. The list is getting long, brother. It is getting long. I like it. 
Jeez. Um, thanks again, guys. Both of you guys were awesome today. Great podcast. Check out Ryan Powerlineman, uh, Power <laughs> PowerlinePodcast.com. The dude's badass. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. Merry Christmas to everybody. Hope you enjoyed this listen. Uh, stay safe. Uh, be fit for duty. And always be your brother's keeper. Thank you. That's a wrap. Raul and Ryan Lucas, the Power Element Podcast, episode 14. Please go share this episode. Uh, make sure you're following us on Instagram at California Lineworks so you don't miss any new news. Um, all right, guys. We'll see you next year. Stay safe. Uh, enjoy the time with your family. This is Daniel Sanchez with The Vision. We'll catch you guys later. What happens that my thing is living? The full extent, I can't stop winning, think it's a condition. My canvas growing, my palette colors looking vivid. That picture perfect, they get nervous when I come and send it. I ain't that sensitive, just think my sense is kicking in. It's like they're vegan, cause they never get that chicken dinner. They getting blue, cause of my gold, I ain't surprised they're greener. Like, what you mean you getting angry just by my demeanor? I ain't surprised though, so I'm just vibing with it. I ain't surprised, no, check my watch, it's time, in it? Both electric, still, I wouldn't be shocked if I went at a different. Cause this project is my incline Already told you it's mine This my quest, what my tribe Now go to the rhyme, uh Already told you it's mine This my vision, watch the product And I ain't gonna climb like, come on now You know you wanna catch a feeling Come on now You know you love what you've been hearing Come on now You know you like when I'm appearing Come on now I cannot be appealing Come on now You know you wanna catch a feeling Come on now You know you love what you've been hearing Come on now like when I'm appearing, come on now I cannot be appealing, uh My flow is current, always coming full circle Don't me to sit down, hold your breath Boy, I see you turning purple So fly that when I get down, they urge me to bit up Making moments not regressive, so I'm gon' live it up You stuck on homework, yeah, just tryna get that one good ball That's why the songs look in the heads like the beat made it tall Remedies, harmonies, that's all they gon' remember these I'm gon' rise and shine like my life on Rusty's Cause I'm, I'm about to start a stamp collection in my blue Thought this was gonna be another phase, then I grew up Be killing it a little too much, man Pull wordplay out my pocket like it's some change I punch, sun go overhead like one water jug Flows rhyme with your time, he still warming up Now come on now, bruh, you know who the best Three letters don't need to say, y'all know the rest So come on now, I know you wanna catch a feeling Come on now, you know you love what you been hearing Come on now, you know you like when I'm appearing Come on now, I cannot be appealing Come on now, you know you wanna catch a feeling Come on now, you know you love what you been hearing Come on now, you know you like when I'm appearing Come on now, I cannot be appealing